Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan here at Danny Ward 2707. I actually made an error during this podcast in the first 12 minutes. I accidentally had the Blue Yeti microphone on, which is in the middle of the room and not Pete and I's uh, separate mics. So if it sounds a little bit strange for the first couple of minutes, please bear with us. It gets better. Uh, well, I say it gets better, but you know what we're like. Enjoy. <laughs> Hello, good morning, afternoon, or indeed good bloody well evening to all of our fantastic listeners. This is our dedicated Nintendo podcast, aptly named the Switch Island Podcast. Ah, and to get things started this week, I want to introduce you to the two boys I'm going to be chatting all things Switch with. And first off, it is, of course, their big brother from a more affluent mother, Mark, and his Twitter machine is at Smart Twitter. Mark, how are you, mate? Hello guys, yeah, really good. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, my other co-host is the internet famous brain train, uh, famous primarily for flying multiple digital planes, and his Twitter machine is at GQ Preacher. Pete, how are you, mate? You okay? I'm good, I'm good. It's good going back to the old ones. And of course, I am your Flamingo fan, Danny Ward, <laughs> and my Twitter machine is at Danny Ward 2707 and we are the Switch Iron Boys, and we are not going to talk into your ear holes about our beloved Nintendo. So if you would like to support us, please give this podcast a sub on the service you're using, or please follow us on Twitter at switch underscore island or check out our site which is www.switchisland.co.uk Mark, what is the site? Uh, something with switch in it and it's www.switchisland.co.uk mate, come on, get on the ground boys, how the devil are you? yeah, yeah, good. yeah good good, yeah you are yeah you are, yeah it's been a you know, uh, week, hasn't it? oh, a great week switch well, we island, you want to say something? I was going to say loads of content, you know, this week. It's been exciting. It has, yeah. It's probably worth touching yeah. on that. So, um, I don't know why I always start phrases with it's probably worth starting touching on that. It's just a very northern thing to say. I think, oh, good to touch on that. Maybe it's a business thing. I don't know. I think it works. Do you think? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to touch on it. Uh, so, we've, we've brought a couple of people on board, haven't we? Moving forward. Moving forward, yeah. Um, <laughs> guys, guys, guys. Synergy. <clears throat> Synergy with this idea and that idea. Bit of synergy, guys. So, uh, give me, give me, give me your uh, attention for two seconds, guys. Let me run this past you. We had a recruitment drive. Uh, we, we got the HR team involved, um, yeah. and we, we we reached out to some other like-minded folk and out I there in the world. What works really nicely is that dovetails with our long-term objective: okay. world domination. <laughs> we're going to do the same thing we do every day Pinky um, yeah so we brought Rob on board uh, so Rob brought an awesome uh, review midweek out for Diablo 3 was it going to be 700,000 words I think it was it was fantastic <laughs> the lad can write he can yeah, absolutely can. write it's a really really good review I think um, he's going to try and do some sort of video review for it as well just to summarise the points Ooh. that he's made in there and of course we brought on the Magic Mike as well. Not the Magic Mike, because that would be very misleading. For it was good on the video call. It was. <laughs> Alright Mike, come on mate, it's an interview. Uh, calm down. Yeah, so Mike came on board and wrote a review for SteamWorld Dig 2, one of my absolute pay- uh, personal favourites. I love so. that game though. And we, uh, we actually recorded our first little uh, podcast with him last night, the first in our edition of uh, the Switch Island Desert Island cartridges, which ostensibly is just a 
knockoff of the Desert Island Discs. Think, that's listening. What I like about the idea, it's like a love letter to games that, that, that really worked with you. I think it will work perfectly. So it won't ruin the games that the guys chose um, last night, but again, really, really good options. Bit left field in a good way, and it really... It gives me encouragement for more people that are going to come on and not just and it's not that something like Karina or mm. I don't know Mario Odyssey or something really hits home with people but this will be more a case of you know this is the game that for some reason at some point in your life really hit hard um, I enjoyed it do you enjoy it Mark? Yeah, it's really good fun. Great, great fun talking to those guys here in their favourite games of all time. And they were probably both surprising choices, actually. So really worth a listen. Um, fans of this show, give, give it a listen. I mean, it's got all the usual sort of banter that we bring to this. Um, and, you know, for people outside of the UK, it might be worth just explaining what Desert Island Discs is and what this um, rip-off is. <laughs> Go for it. I think you're probably uh, best place because you are the oldest. Seeing as we're doing, like... Um, like business speak I'm not going to call it a rip off I'm going to call it a re- reimagining of, of a classic mm. concept that's, yeah. that's what I think we're going to go with we're, we're putting <laughs> a, a unique spin on a oh Dave taking... have you got, you got any video calling <laughs> nah mate it's called FaceTime now <laughs> <laughs> have you got a FaceTime with Dave alright fine now no. alright <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get us back on track. Sorry, it was going Mark, so well. Carry on. It so, was. We were so smooth for a moment. Desert Island Discs for any of our. So Desert Island Discs is like um, it's a bit of like a a BBC institution here. I think it's on like Radio Four. Yeah. Um, then the 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 you know they they invite uh, eminent you know people and celebrities on to give their top five or six um music choices of all time. Um, that they they would have if they were on a desert island just to listen to forever until they ran out of food and and, and starved and um, yeah. or, or overdosed on Novocaine or something, um, yeah. And so we've we've sort of taken that concept and uh, <laughs> we've yeah, taken that, that. That's exactly what that is about. That, that, that is that is public service broadcasting at its no, finest. No, I'm, very I'm actually referencing a specific. Um, Desert Island Discs episode there with ah, that, that reference really? that, well is, the played, one, that is the one where because uh, because on the show not only you get to choose your five or six favourite uh, music tracks of all time you also get to choose a like a one item that you can bring with you and I think one book is that right? I think I so yeah, yeah right. so uh, but the one I'm referencing is uh, Ricky Gervais when he went on there and he bought with him a vat of Novocaine so that you know if he got like a toothache or something he would just sip on that until he died his <laughs> Collar. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Ricky. Um, so yeah, we kind of twisted it up a bit. Switched it up. Why oh. did I use that reference? Oh, stupid dad! Come on, we need you lockstep behind us as we're moving forwards and transitioning into this new idea. Sorry, guys. Synergy, synergy, synergy. <laughs> so, <laughs> please look at the whiteboard, Dan. Please. Say those notes are there for a reason, son. <laughs> Stand by the easel. So. Anyway, so what we decided to give the guys an option of was a, a meal of choice or a snack of choice and a drink of choice as well. It's taken with them on the island. Whilst they're playing the game? Whilst they're playing the game Absolutely. with their console of choice as well. So they've got the console, obviously, that has to marry the game, otherwise that would be pretty stupid. Maybe at some point somebody will do that. Um, but yeah, it was really, really interesting. So we're trying to keep it locked down to what have you got, Mark? You're starting to agree. 
You're no, fine. mate, nothing. You're You're fine. Fine. I was just waiting. I got, I got nothing. nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> well, I got but nothing for you, boys. This one was an hour because we were introducing two new guys and like getting them kind of into the into the groove. I say, <laughs> basically, me just terrorising them for the best part of an hour and Mark trying to terror me for the best. Oh, part of I'm an hour. sure it wasn't like that. You guys are nice. Good. No, it was pretty good. They were, they were really, really, really <laughs> cool. Um, so yeah, doing that for the best part of an hour. But usually, what we'll do is make this like a half an hour slot because the kind of game plan is you've got to justify it in half an hour. Nice. And if that time goes off, I'm sorry, but you know what you've set up until that point—that's your justification. So really good. it was really cool. Both guys uh, made their argument. I'm not going to tell you what the games were, whether or not they got onto the uh, exclusive, all-inclusive result. But you know, it was uh, it's a good listen. Nice. nice. It will appear separately. Uh, on your podcast service as well it won't be on SoundCloud it will be just directly hosted through the website but I'm trying to work out the kinks for that yeah so, and can I just say in a way it's a little bit like a um, Desert Island Discs Room 101 crossover because yes. it's like Desert, it's like it's like Switch Island Cartridges 101 in that we're sort of Ooh. at the end deciding whether or not their arguments uh, have merited inclusion whereas on nice. Desert Island Discs you know they say it it gets included Did you? I think you said no to one at one point as well I don't know. Oh, I said Mark, yes to both the games. Changed. I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't. No. I, you wouldn't. No, 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 no. They were <laughs> really. They were, nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. 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 They were really good. Really so, good. Um, really good choices. Good games. So, yeah. Ooh. So, we brought them on board. We've also brought another chappy, uh, Ben. So, at Benji Kong on Twitter. So, he's going to be coming on the, the podcast. He's um, going to try and make some video content for us. And, oh, that would be great. And I think that'll probably be our next uh, Desert Island cartridge as well. Just try and get him into the groove it's the equivalent of trying to get someone to stand up at initiation and sing yeah. it's like getting them to justify the games and being at the end like well sorry mate but you're not on and you're not on the podcast anymore oh I can't do that to people it was quite funny because when, when, we, when we were talking <laughs> when we are talking to him I'd like arrive late because I've had a really tough week at work so I haven't been paying too much attention to what's been going on and um standard about, yeah I know it is pretty much standard and then <laughs> yeah we all get that mate <laughs> even when I'm on a holiday <laughs> I won't have the excuse um, mm. and and we were like three quarters of the way into talking to him and he, he mentioned like a tweet and I was like hold on I, I read that tweet what's your what's your <laughs> Twitter handle and he's like is that Benji Kong and I was suddenly like all bashful <laughs> he, did, yeah. he went to on red like, on the uh, oh. but it was, it was funny <laughs> because on, on Discord like bag puss disappeared into the yeah. like, and he's like hold, hold on what's your, what's your Twitter name and even on them his Twitter handle and his picture is identical on Discord and Mark just obliviously like is it Benji Kong so well, fucking clearly is mate like, you can see that but the, yeah, the guy sends out some banging tweets and that's why we, uh, we hooked him up you know what I mean lock that, lock that talent in that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even think that was an attempt to do office speak, was it? That was like a genuine point you've just made. <laughs> oh, hey, no, I'm, I'm going aggressive. Aggressive acquisition. I'm going to use my, uh, you know, my, my credentials out there. It's a, a brutal capitalist side of you. I love it. Yeah. It's Maybe. good. I haven't God, seen this. that vibe. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's doggy dog out there. Yeah. <laughs> just on Twitter, like taking over people on Twitter. <laughs> Just absorbing them, the ball. like a grand merger. <laughs> the blob, the blob <laughs> of Twitter, the blob of. Oh, all right, can I said the blob. At least give me some credit. Call me no, the, both the blob of Twitter. Oh, yeah. Rolling over people. It's unstoppable. A, the blob. A giant dickhead katamari. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it does now. 
So anyway, let's move on to the news. Um, Mark, have you got some statistics for us for Pokemon Let's Go? Because you've said on here, sales figures are looking strong. And Black Friday sales uh, were apparently through the roof. Oh yeah, they were banging the drum on their Black Friday sales, weren't they? I want to say someone said that it's the best-selling Pokemon game of a launch weekend or something along those lines. I'd be surprised, but I don't know. Is that the case? Well, yeah, here we are again to switch island stats, uh, one of our most requested topics that we come back to. Oh, it's a, it's a great it. segment. And they love it. They love it. Um, so we've got... He's naming um, his own segment. <laughs> so uh, I'm really, really pertinent at the moment. Here's my stats. Please, please everyone look at the, uh, the, the, the whiteboard. <laughs> I've got several graphs. Um, oh, no, no, no. So Pokemon Let's Go, uh, in the US alone, sold... 1.5 million in the in the five days over the black friday sort of uh, extended oh, wow. weekend um which is pretty good and then that's three million units worldwide in the first week which wow. is pretty good really um and for the u.s that makes it the um i think the switch became the the best-selling console for that time period over that time the fastest selling console so wow. it sold Okay. Eight eight hundred thousand units over that weekend, um, which is pretty pretty epic. That's just in the United States alone, eight hundred thousand. So that gets them some way uh, towards their target that we discussed last episode. And I had to sort of think about this because I think last time we made a few predictions, didn't we? It we seems did. like seems like eight hundred thousand is a lot for just a, a weekend for someone who's predicted only five total. million between now and uh, yeah, ten million total, or, or five million between now and. Uh, end of March. So, Dan, got anything to say there, mate? Well, uh, the predictions I did make, I think you will find, were very reasoned and very, and you know what? I might be wrong. I'm going to admit it live on the podcast at this point that I might actually genuinely be wrong about them. But, 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 it's not over yet. I mean, where probably like the meat of the conversation could be is who's going to be closest, you know, at, at that Ooh. top end. So, I think we're all kind of thinking that they might be able to hit this target. I think they might still go over. I think Mark was your estimate a little bit below it, about 18, was it? About yeah, eight. about 18, yeah. And I was on like something ridiculously high. I was just like 22. Did I say 22? Yeah. 22. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. Where do yeah, you reckon? Yeah, yeah. Can you please look at the whiteboard? Yeah. I've got, it's on there, mate. It's on there. <laughs> so, who do you reckon, where do you think it's going to lie? Do you reckon it's going to be short of the mark or significantly over the mark? Or bang? Where, where are we thinking? I'm still going to say it's going to be under, but I don't think it's going to be drastically under as as I kind of <laughs> yeah, I went with. Yeah. However, from my perspective, maybe it just depends on on Smash, and then so much. Um, what are you doing there? What are you trying to what, put on an invisible up. suit? <laughs> you know what? When he was re- referencing his whiteboard, then have you seen that video of the woman where it's like a teacher and then she's wiping off the whiteboard the picture yeah. of the cat that's basically Mark's whiteboard with Lovely. a penis underneath yeah. it <laughs> just, <laughs> just a couple of veins a- drawn on like for di- good measure <laughs> just different animals that somehow contort eventually into a penis <laughs> <laughs> like, damn it is that a sausage dog no it's a penis no we would <laughs> not we've taken too long on to, to get to penis veins I think what's this episode 19 yeah, yeah that was just taking a while wasn't it <laughs> and who figured it would be me saying it <laughs> anyway so my giant throbbing prediction that I made which was probably not as accurate as what I wanted it to be um, yeah I, th- I think it's still going to come short but I, I think the reason I'm saying that is because there still isn't anything for 2019 we recorded two weeks ago and I, was, I think we were all kind of expecting a direct I think I'm still going to be right and I think <laughs> I'm still going to be right because 
I think it's going to be a real bumper Christmas for them. I think they're going to do really, really well with the games that they've got launched. I still don't think it's too late for some kind of 2019 sizzle reel something and everyone mm. will go, what? And that'll push them through. Hype train. I think there's like the hype that they'll build about some kind of new iteration. I, I think they're going to hit it. I, and I think they're going to hit it well. And I think yeah. they're going to go above. Just bearing in mind that, and I think I kind of touched on this in the past, but at the moment, critically, no Nintendo game um, exclusive or first party is within the top 10 uh, of the year on Metacritic. So if you're looking at uh, a system mm. seller, like Smash absolutely will be a system seller. Pokemon mm. Let's Go mm. um, absolutely will be a system seller. However, critically, you know, if you're looking at a console and you're a parent and you're going, well, what do I want to buy my children? You do a little bit of basic internet research. I'm just, I'm, I'm not being pessimistic for the sake of it. I'm just going, well, you know, financially, what makes more sense to, to, to go out and invest in? Yeah, um, but when you look at like the top ten like movies that do uh, that are critically the best for a year, you'll get like Moonlight and um, Three Billboards and stuff like that, and they're not the um, the best. What they're not the most viewed films as well. So no, there's God, always God like, of War probably will you know absolutely Call of it. Duty, um, obviously Resident Evil, um, FIFA. not Resident Evil, Red Dead Redemption Two, obviously um, that's obviously critical critical hit and sales hit, but. Um, there's a lot of games that do very, very well, like the FIFA series or whatever, that don't reach those critical heights but still sell extraordinarily well. And plus, I don't yeah. think Nintendo need the profile boost of having those kind of games in, in the top 10 in the short term because yeah. they've got some that are, are right up there anyway and just the badge of Nintendo on the game is sometimes enough for people to go, well, I know what I'm going to get here. Yeah, it's going to be all right. So. I just think I need to see something early 2019. And I would have preferred at least one more big exclusive. And I still maintain that I think Nintendo had something, and it had to get pushed back. Um, they've got the uh, they've got that mech game which we didn't discuss last time. What's that called? Uh, um, mech and oh, uh, uh, Deus Ex Machina, but with mechs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that looked like I, first time I saw that on the sizzle reel. I was like, oh, it's a mech game. But then the, when they did like the, mm. they did like a treehouse, did they? Or was it a red box where they were at the German Gamescom thing and they spoke about it a bit more? It actually looks deeper than I thought. It looks really good, I think. I think the fact that they spent some time explaining it is mm. probably a little bit more of a good indication that it is a bigger yeah. game. But again, what's going to get people to part with a hard-end cash that either have a console now are looking to buy a first console for the child or I don't know. Um, well, I've got a few more stats actually as well. If you want to um, keep going, oh, s- please s- do sit back and carry on, carry on, carry on. Yeah. <clears throat> Pass me the sherry. <laughs> um, so it, this is interesting because it just compares it to last year as well. 27. So um, the same period last year. So 800,000 systems were sold in this window in the U S um, which is 115% increase on the same period last year mm-hmm. wow. um adobe apparently are the the track of everything thanksgiving weekend sales and they said that the switch was one of the top selling items on black friday um and the software as well did, did extremely well across the board so the first party software sold uh, was 78 percent over the same same period 2017 so even without those um like huge maybe those huge titles that you sort of we had in 2017 i think just the accumulation of new titles this year, mm. you know, your Kirby's, your Super Mario Party, your Donkey Kong, stuff like that. Mm. Um, with all that 2017 back catalogue, you know, your Xenoblade Chronicles 2, your Odyssey, your Mario Kart has just combined to make this 
a just bit a bit of a powerhouse. A, a bit of a powerhouse. You know, the train is just barreling towards. I mean, yeah, this is something smash. we've kind of alluded to this a couple of times. Like the market share for Sony in terms of the number of people who actually have that console, like it is like just insanely large. Like so, you always assume that the game is going to sell really well on it, mm. but it tends to be that that audience buys the games that you know they're going to buy, which is like Red Dead, Call of Duty. FIFA, that's, they sell incredibly well because people almost buy those consoles for those games and they get them year in, year out. What seems to be the case is that even though it's a smaller market share from the audience who have the Switch, they are proper buying like a diverse collection of really yeah. like mixed games. You couldn't predict what's going to sell really well. Like It just seems that it's not just the size of your audience, but the behavior patterns and the buying patterns of your audience. And Nintendo hit something pretty good. That there's a lot of people trying a lot of different games. Like, I never thought Kirby would sell as well as it would. Yeah, and Super Mario no, Party. Yeah. Mario just crossed, Party, yeah. Super Mario Party has crossed a million. It's gone over a million just in the US alone, um, which, which is only one of five games in the US to reach that million mark. And the last stat that I've got for us all today, folks, I sit just back. on on that point. Okay. Then, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, just before you fly into the last one, but. I think that's because the Switch did bring back Nintendo fans like myself early. And because we were early adopters, we saw so many of these games coming out where they did resonate with our childhood. So I was going, oh, you know what? I loved Mario Party. Whereas you guys, I've always had Nintendo consoles and being a bit jaded with it. I'm like, I haven't played that game in so long. I know so full of that. You know, we'll get to a point where, oh, yeah. When baby comes, like baby's that's, a little bit old, that's the type of game you sit down and enjoy. And that's what they're trying to tap into with games like Pokemon Let's Go and things as well. What's like working? They're trying to push that nostalgia. It's yeah, button, it's working. They, yeah. Because the best part about Pokemon Let's Go and the, the, the ingenious marketing behind it is because it's a remaster and they didn't call it one. Mm. So anyone out there that's playing it is probably going, oh, you know what? This is the same game that I played years ago, but I don't really care. You know, if, yeah. if they haven't played a Pokemon Go a new game, adopters are like, oh, it's a new Pokemon game. Exactly. Give that a go. go on, Mark. Let's hear it. Big start Last of the week. one, and this is drum roll. Yeah, the final, the final statistic. Switch Island statistics. That was from Splatoon Two. If yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, nice. Have you guys heard of this game coming out? Smash Brothers Ultimate is coming out. No, no, not heard of it. Oh, six days, mate. Six days. Six days. Never heard of it, but six days. Not only is it the most pre-ordered game on the Switch. It's also the most pre-ordered Smash Brothers game ever, and it's topping all the charts for pre-orders already. Oh, there's been other Smashes. There's been uh, other no, Smash I think games? it's this. It's this other like. It's this one of those sort of franchises. Apparently, it's a franchise. Oh. Sleeper hits. Well, mm. sleeper hit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like have you it. not heard of it? Have you guys not? Heard of it? Oh, it's a shame. No, I know. It's a real shame. Um, I'm very maybe, excited. Maybe Rob and Mike would have heard of it. We'll get them on to talk about it. Yeah, maybe Rob and Mike. Don't start displacing us now, mate. That's not how this is going to work. <laughs> It's a collective, it's a, a, a collect mind. We are the Borg, remember? The, the, we are a Katamari rolling through the internet. The, there is space on the island for a lot of people. Yes. It's an inclusive island, Mark. Inclusive yeah, there's island. space, but are there resources? Sidebar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's, there's only enough poking up. Well, there is a tree. <laughs> we might have to eat the largest of us. Oh, shit, that's me. <laughs> oh, For now. Um, for now. Good point, actually, yeah. Mm. Somebody could fatten up. Don't look at me when you said that. It was like somebody could fatten up. Slow. Oh, we, did, we didn't have those guys. I haven't seen those guys on video. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Should have done that first. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to have to eat you just yet. <laughs> I'm not sure you can appoint people 
um, by size anymore. I don't think that's allowed. Zelda rumors: Skyward Sword is teased and then apparently shot down. <laughs> Did you guys see this? Yeah, but I couldn't miss it. Like, oh, I saw the a- wave afterwards of people going, "Oh, Skyward Sword, yeah." Oh, and then like people commenting saying, "And then the five rather have win, will win." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then the five percent again come out the little cubby holes like no this isn't when make it it's like we we all know what you prefer like we all know that you have an opinion on something but just let people that enjoy just let them have their own hype stop getting annoyed same people that come out about smash brothers and start kicking off and the character isn't Mm. oh piranha plant oh i wanted samus wearing a thong it's like no you didn't that isn't what you wanted you wanted something the special move is like using the thong like a lazy band to flick you off the stage (laughs) yeah completely it's like get a grip in just for god's sake get a grip of yourselves sorry i just the, the Samus like ball that she goes into just with a thong on it <laughs> oh dear well, you can't have work. a ball trapped in a thong that's no good. Oh, <laughs> zinger love it oh my god oh, oh it started like how how are you the one sidetracking the podcast sorry, sorry mate sorry, let's, get on. let's I'm, get on no I'm, I'm, I'm actually made up I'm impressed that it's okay. not me Skyward Sword so I've never never played this one so it was on the Wii yeah, it had like so. I'd be really excited to play this game because to me it feels like a bit of an origin story, which it, it kind of is. And there was this uh, book called was it the High Rule Historia that came. Yeah, out. I've, I've yet to pick that up yet, but I it, want to. But it, it sort of put the game at the beginning of the timeline, didn't yeah. it? And yeah, and so okay. when you look through that, like there's elements of that game that that are right throughout the the, the massive core because I think a lot of people assumed that Zelda was just like game after game pretty random well I did so you're explaining lore. something to me I didn't know well yeah so Skyward Sword is almost like an origin story and then every game even though they're not chronolo- like chronologically released in the, the time order of the story they all fit into one of three timelines and Skyward Sword is like one of the like the, the origins of those three times. Zelda sounds more complicated now than Kingdom but Hearts. But you, you don't need to know it. You don't need to know it. But if you really want to geek out on it, it's, it's all in this. I love that though. It's really good. Because, you know, like Lionel's, for example, yeah. the enemies in Breath of the Wild, Lionel's mm. only appear on one strand of this storyline. Like, yeah, because I think they're only from, the Lionel's are only from the original Legend of Zelda game on yeah, the NES. Yeah. And then they never reappeared again until Breath of the Wild. But they don't reappear because they're Fact. not in the correct timeline. Like if... If, say, oh, okay. if um, Ocarina of Time had been in this original timeline in line with the 85 game, then Lionel's would have been in it. But because it's not on that timeline, they couldn't use Lionel's. So that, you know, this for a really long time thought that like, mm. it's just random, but it's really not. Like, there's, you can try and place these games based on the enemies that are in them because they only appear in certain timelines. So Skyward Sword then. So it's at the very start of a chronological kind of timeline with like an origin story origin story so what's what's the crack with it you know why is it so divisive um i think one of the reasons it's quite divisive is waggle waggle controls like it's it's oh, essentially yeah, on the joy con uh, on the Wiimote. Wiimotes, yeah you, so, and you needed you needed to buy an additional accessory for the wii to yeah. you need to get the motion plus to that's it was that the thing that went play on the, the game properly yeah, yeah i remember that and uh, I think some people struggled with like the physical motion in in line with making it work correctly on the screen. Um, so you had to be quite nuanced with how you were using the sword, whereas people were like proper going for it, and it, it was reading multiple swipes and things. So oh, okay. th- there was like um, an access barrier to it originally. Yeah, um, which is which is weird because it's on 
the sort of most accessible um, yeah. Nintendo system ever and the one that sold just gargantuan numbers because of its, its accessibility. And then they mm. released a game that, you know, was obviously <laughs> yeah. one of their best most yeah. beloved franchises that was the least accessible version to of. Be, yeah, to be completely frank, talking about Nintendo making their most accessible console ever still doesn't fill me with much hope compared to what they've mm. been like in the past. Just waiting for something to come out on the Switch that just makes it really obtuse. I mean, I think the presentation, like the, the basic narrative is Hyrule has been lost under clouds, which is quite similar to um, Wind Waker with Hyrule lost underwater. Yeah. Um, but how they went with that dynamic and the style of it, like you could go through the clouds at certain points to the below world and there was this real kind of in the past and in the present there was a sense of something lost which is quite in line with Breath of the Wild, I think. Yeah. Something has been lost below the clouds and things like that. And no, it's it's a very good game. I would absolutely buy it and play it again. Hmm. I think I'd like it without waggle controls. Okay. I think I'd, I'd I, like I think, it without. I think the um, the Switch could do motion controls better than the because the, the you know because the the Joy Cons have got motion controls mm. for them, and I've played a couple of games that use it, but and it is pretty damn precise and and great. And you don't have to do the whole the central thing and the, the you know the, the calibrating that you need to yeah, do yeah. you need to do on the Wii. Um, but I do totally agree. I would love to replay it. I mean, I am not one of the haters for this, and I've got to say, Dan, you're always like. Everyone on Twitter is saying all these things. I just saw like outpourings of love for the game on on my Twitter. I think That's I was nice. just just following a nicer crowd there. Um, maybe you should just call some of them, some of the haters. <laughs> the haters. Um, I don't know. It's just yeah. the, the two thousand followers I've got, Mark. I think something along those lines. You know, just people oh, just don't engage. Twitter flex. That's not attractive. Oh man, That's not attractive. <laughs> mate. Me being attractive went out the window a long <laughs> time ago. He clutched his bicep when he said that. He did and winked. <laughs> Where did the oil come from? I'm a buttocks. Like, oh boy. You know, you, I, I heard <laughs> a thing the other day that you can't crush an egg between your buttocks. Apparently it's just physically impossible. Sidebar. <laughs> anyway, so Mark, so just on Skyward Sword then. So in terms of... It's not a sidebar, it's bullet point four there, Mark. Bullet point four well, on the back on the board. Buttocks, yeah. Come on, mate, get, get with the crowd. Um, so yeah, Skyward Thanks. Sword, Mark. So you're saying about the outpouring of love. I've seen loads of love about it as well in terms mm. of, and you might be able to help me out with this. So the audio, the dungeons and the graphic style, loads of people have said like, again, um, all of those three things tend to be one of the best or the best in their opinion on Zelda. What, what's kind of your take? Um, I mean, I really enjoyed that Skyward Sword when I played it. it. It's one of those games that because I was probably waiting for so long for a Zelda game and mm-hmm. so the, the hype train in, inside me was ramp, you know, running at full pelt. And so playing it, I was just, you know, in rapture because it's one of my favorite series of all time. And so I, it's difficult to look back because uh, mm-hmm. I, I remember Twilight Princess being better than Wind Waker, for instance. But then when I played both of the HD uh, remakes for the Wii U, mm. I my opinion completely flipped. Yeah, and that was the same Wind with Wind... me. That was the exact same with me, mate. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And, and so I, I imagine Skyward Sword HD, if they do do it, which we'll, we'll get onto the actual story of the, the announcement and stuff in a sec. But um, if they do do it, it uh, my opinion could just be, it could fall anywhere on the on the scale of the games as far as I can tell yeah I think as you're saying in raps with it I think the storyline and how it tells us I think the enemies like you know the, the the key bad guys in it are fantastic just really odd and unsettling it was like a 
a combination of maybe where they went with Twilight Princess and they let a little bit of Majora's bleed into it a bit as well and they just got that so right it was really quite creepy some of the bad guys in it um, but in terms of getting into Rapture with Skyward Sword I never did in the same way as I did with Wind Waker mm-hmm. because I do think that the waggling of the remote it, it, it was a little I couldn't relax into it because I always whenever there was combat I'd have to be like right here we go and it stopped me from maybe getting as relaxed and into it and, and, and enthralled in it as I did in maybe Wind Waker. But it's still a cracking game. Love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very cool. Um, so yeah, about so the announcement. The announcement. So they, they were doing this Legend... Back in early November, they were... Uh, sorry, mid-November, they were doing a Legend of Zelda Orchestra tour in mm-hmm. Japan. And uh, Unamuna... And I can't say his name. The executive Onomatopoeia. producer of the... <laughs> Yeah, his name just Bang. Uh, the executive <laughs> producer. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, uh, the nearly as good producer. as my. Uh, sorry, nearly as good as my knock knock joke last night. Knock knock. Uh, who's there? Who? 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 It's to whom? Nice. I fucked it up. So, are there going to be listeners on podcast now that hear that joke twice? Knock knock. Who's there? To. To who? It's to whom? Ah, okay. I'll get it three times. <laughs> uh, anyway, right. The executive producer, I.G. Unamuna. Unamuna, I can't say his name. I'm so sorry, you. everyone out there, my uh, pronunciation there. Um, he was in attendance and he, he, he came on stage and he quipped when they were playing the, uh, everyone was applauding a Skyward Sword track. Mm-hmm. He said, um, I know what you're all thinking. Skyward Sword for Switch, right? That's the translation of what he said. Hmm. And everything, they went crazy. Uh, the the, the theatre obviously erupted and Twitter went mad. But that's what he said. And that isn't really him saying uh, yeah. Skyward Sword's coming out for Switch. That's just, he I know what you want, guys are yeah. thinking at this point. Yeah. And, and you know, he might even be there thinking, Do you know what, I'd love to give this another run out. I'd yeah. love to. Like, he might be trying to push the levers a little bit to see if they can get it that way yeah like because he can't decide like he doesn't set the trajectory does he like they say right we want one of these and we want one of those and we want this like he might be just trying to push to see if like it might be something that he wants not just the fans or he's just you know wants a nice little holiday next year and he's been out of work for a little while and he's thinking you know what i need to get the uh need to get the bank balance up here get these remasters in i, I don't think it's like get the that. band back together <laughs> Come you never know you never know what these guys are doing mm. Um, no, and I'd love it if it did. A few days later, after everyone was sort of flying around and all the journalists were, you know, sending out, um, you know, asking Click the press, bait. contact uh, Nintendo for answers, um, they reported, I think Eurogamer reported, um, and this was the response from Nintendo. At this time, we have no plans to release The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword on Nintendo Switch. Okay. But if you ask them tomorrow and the day after at yeah, that exactly. time it may change <laughs> also it didn't say we have no plans to release the legend of zelda skyward sword hd on the Nintendo ah, Switch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah read between the lines there what yeah, is not just, in the they source could do a let's go and just re- rename it completely yeah it's not a bad idea imagine if you just brought this collection out and i think i've seen so many different photoshops of somebody doing like a legend of zelda collection it'd be a stupid idea financially from their side to do it because they could release each of the games independently and make a boatload of money um but you know if they were to bring out a full price 49.99 um collection of i don't know wind waker skyward sword and twilight Twilight Princess. princess 
there'd be some amazing games just packaged into one package there like, that's insane like, isn't like it? other like generation it. type games uh, it would just I would just buy that I'd, I'd pre-order it right now but also I'd love to see them just do a collection of the, the 2D games because there are some yeah. some of the finest Zelda games are the 2D ones they're mm. just brilliant I think we're overdue one as well aren't we yeah I think What's so I think one? well Spirit we might Trucks? see that no the last one was um, Link Between Worlds on the 3DS was that the last one really yeah god that long ago cool okay so um back on pokemon again so a few twitter called pikachu and we're not going to spend a lot of time on this uh we're, in fact let's have a round the table so a few people on twitter apparently called pikachu a boy's pokemon and evie a girl's pokemon uh truth or bollocks <laughs> um mark uh yeah I, I don't know if we can start i mean my opinion is i never when i played it originally i never sort of thought of the uh, of, the, of sexing <laughs> the pokemon or assigning them genders uh what did you guys think uh, no hang on is, is they, someone they, assigning they... them genders or is this suggesting that the pikachu game is for boys and the ev game is for girls is yeah. that what they're saying oh well this was more people saying you should buy the the, the pikachu game if you are a boy because po- the pikachu is a boy's pokemon you know what? I think that probably would have swayed me to a pick to have picked up a Pika picked up a copy of the EV copy, just right. because I hate I hate the shit. You, you, the you've played a lot of Pokemon though, don't they have genders that you can get? Like yeah, a, they, yeah, they, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can. They, some of them, some of them, you know, they, they'll have like two gen, so you can like breed them. And obviously, they're, they're yeah, people so. are saying that you should mm-hmm. go and eat, like if you're if you are a boy, you should go and get a Pikachu. They're, they're not saying the that in, in the games you can get a a Pikachu that's a boy one, you can get a girl one and then you yeah. can like breed them or whatever. And I think that's not all of this because some of them, like the ghost ones and stuff, there's just one, they don't have uh, sexes. But this was just saying from a cultural perspective, I guess Pikachu is a boy's Pokemon and Eevee is a girl's Pokemon. To, to, are they just follow? Cause when it was announced that there was two, the male trainer had a Pikachu and the female trainer had an Eevee. Like ah, that, interesting. that's something I noticed, but I think that's merely just, so they can say that you can have whichever you can customize your avatar essentially is that not all they were trying to do i've got no idea and i I quite literally care very little about it let's move on then okay move move along (laughs) yeah moving on the bus and uh mark i think you need to you need to clear up something here that pete was right Ooh, yeah i mean can we say that again can we say that again we need to clear something up mark that pete was right oh wow this, this pete I don't know, this, actually. Is it the same, Pete? I hope I am. I'm not too sure anymore. I have yeah. changed. So, well, uh, a, few, a few episodes ago, we were discussing Pokemon Let's Go and our excitement for just um, a Pokemon RPG mm. to finally be in like HD and on a home console rather than a portable. Damn, son. And, uh, yeah, and Pete came out sort of a little bit sort of, yeah, well, I sort of remember this game. And we were sort of like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> There's never been a Pokemon RPG. You're wrong. On a, Pete yeah. can't. Sit down, Man. sit down, look at the whiteboard, listen. Son. I've, I've actually got um, this podcast on recording. Hang on, I'll do it. Oh, you're wrong. There, there it is. There it is. Okay. Yeah, he did nice, say it. Nice yeah. impression of all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, uh, then, reveal all, mate. to follow. Uh, but since um, <laughs> I've got a little bit of an exciting announcement here, this is how mm. I found out that Pete was right in my new GameCube, and oh, GameCube nice. anthology book from Geeksline. Lovely. Hello, that's uh, gorgeous, isn't it? Yeah, it's really gorgeous, and Love you've that got glossy front thing on it. There, the it's really shiny. It's really good to feel, actually, the, the book. 
Um, you can't be first putting the book lower than eye level for <laughs> and us then and, then start, really and, and then go to the and here is the it staring straight at Especially camera. for the poor people on audio. <laughs> Ooh, it's, so it this smooth. book is part of a series of Geek's Line books of these anthology series. They've got a PlayStation 1 that's currently available now. Available now for purchase. The GameCube one is available. Um, the N64 one, which I was going to buy instead of this one, okay. uh, sold out before I could purchase it. So that's Ooh. what made me buy this one um, mm. in haste. So if you are thinking about getting a copy, uh, recommended. So the, the, the book is made up. The first sort of fifth to a quarter is like the history of the console, all different bits of information about the nice. making of, the, the, the background, all, all sort of pictures and things. And then the rest of it is like a catalog of every game that came out for the GameCube with um, a description and, um, you know, a rating and picture of the cover and stuff like that. So it's kind of cool. But who does the thinking, rating, Mark? Sorry, who does the rating? Is it like a, a score a, across made by them? Is it or? Yeah, it's from it's from it's these guys. They've they've you know crunched together their team to produce the book, and they've they've rated every game, and they're like mini reviews. So. Oh sort of gives you um, an understanding of whether it's worth playing now, what it was like playing at the time. You know, you can sort of have a look. They're not very long. I mean, some of them are longer than others. So the Zelda games That's and good. Resident Evil 4, stuff like that. But then the smaller games just get a little summary. Um, it's quite it tells concise, you how many players. Yeah, nice and concise because it would need to be really. Otherwise, you'd yeah. have like multiple mm. books. Um, but flicking through here and I got to the, the Pokemon section and there were various Pokemon games Snake. on the GameCube. Um, and one of them is called Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness. Ah, okay. Can you show us it? Show us the box. Yeah. There it comes. Oh, she coming. There it is. I blooming knew it. I don't remember that game yeah. at all. That's been on the shelf. Has it? Yeah. yeah. You know, that, that's, yeah. That, that's had a UK release, I'm telling you now. This game is a short, linear, single-player and has quite a dark story. Ooh. And a it has a multiplayer mode that allows four Game Boy Advances owners to use their own data from the Pokemon Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Of course it does. Um, yeah. <laughs> when they were banging that drum. Yeah. And I, I had no no idea at all this game even existed and mm. was very surprised to see it. And I, I, get the, I get the feeling that it wasn't very well received as well. I think. No, it's got, yeah. got three stars here and yeah. it does say... Um, it, it it was just lacking in everything you'd expect from a Pokemon adventure in a lot yeah. of ways. They said it was quite short. Um, mm. Yeah, mixed reviews as well. So it just wasn't as impressive as people were hoping from that sort of like RPG experience on a, a home console. Probably the kind of, of, of pushback that they're getting with I mean, let's go at the moment. Like yeah. It's just, it's just I, you down. know what? I think that kind of the overwhelm. I always think of the scene in Return of the King, you know, where all of the undead guys just start coming onto the battlefield and a war, like a wave of them come on. It's like there was a couple of like orc people, like, yeah, Pokemon, like me, Pokemon, let's go, isn't very good. And then this wave of just positivity <laughs> hit them all. Woof. It's like, oh, well, you've been drowned out, motherfuckers. Wait till Smash. Mm. See you in a week. <laughs> oh, no, well. Thanks for finding that. That's cool. I love that book. So, it's really cool. Do you want to say it again, Mark? No, no, is it, no. We're done. We're done. We're done. I mean, just really interesting that that because mm. at the time it was like Pete wasn't quite sure. He had this memory that there was something, and he was like, oh, "I think there was a game," and we were like, "Nah, nah, mate, shut up. Just get back to your hole." And uh, <laughs> it's, it's a hobble, not a hole. It's a hobble. Sorry, mate. Mm. So we know that Pete is right and also has a diminishing memory. So let's move on to the next one. So, um, uh, Alzheimer's. <laughs> mm. N64 Mini. 
So apparently uh, Reggie has spoken out and speaking to Kotaku, uh, it says that, go on Pete, do you want to read that for us, mate? Uh, I would not ever rule something out, but what I can tell you, that's certainly not in our planning horizon. That's so businessy. Mm. Reggie's the man, isn't he? He knows exactly how to, to tickle the ivories there. To, uh, to to wet the whistle, to uh, it's, it's a float very, the boat. It's a very diplomatic answer, isn't it? It's like, no, but maybe, who knows? Like, that's essentially it, but said very well. Well, we know it is because we've seen all of the, the copywriting and the, the plans for it, so it's definitely there, you know. And again, all the trademarks have been renewed and they're kind of getting ready to to plot this kind of thing out. Keeping so, their options open. Yeah, but I think they're probably letting PlayStation have their day with a little mini this year, um, which by all, all respects is crap uh, <laughs> i just don't think people are i don't think it's not going to have the same draw is it I d- people have uh, reported real problems with it as well and said like the emulation on it, it's just not great um mm. so everything from the development side to the actual games on the console just isn't hitting home and i think it, it's more of a problem with the, uh, the nes mini when it first came out it was so well received because it really did spark up this discussion online and even in like work you know if you with non-gamers oh i've got a nes mini for christmas and mm-hmm. well what's that and then oh yeah nes oh, it was that kind I of remember them yeah it was that was the the whole um like this the, Katamari ball. I can't get away from this fucking Katamari ball now. Of like hype that you know kind of brought on like when the SNES Mini came out, and I think the N64 Mini. They're just like it's the greatest hits of some of the greatest games. Mm-hmm. We can wait for Rare, you know, to turn around and they've got a good relationship. They're definitely going to be on the platform. Um, I hope they are because I think that would be the deal breaker for me. There's so many yeah. Rare games that I loved from that era. I would feel that if I got a console that didn't have those games on it. I'd feel like it wasn't really an N64. Yeah, and I think when we've said that in previous podcasts, we all agreed. But then you're also at the point of going, well, okay, if you're Nintendo and let PlayStation have, let Sony have their day and let Sega have their day, I think they brought out something similar. Commodore brought and Atari brought, let them have it. And then next year or midway through next year, you know, if we need to, because they don't need to bring it out whenever they bring it out it's going to do, make money it's not like the hype's going to go away now I love those adverts that they're having for the NES and the SNES Mini at the moment have you seen them popping up now and again and it's like a 90s and an 80s yeah, style yeah. advert and it pops up and you're like oh that looks really cool you know with those like jagged coloured lines in the background that are so like 80s and, and there's nothing better from marketing um, to have an advert that says back in stock because ah, they, yeah. they can do that now and they can yeah. say you know this was out of stock for how long guess what this year you can pick one up mm. and it's one of those decisions where they're just going to mop up the people that didn't buy one and also say if you wanted like a Nintendo console like the Switch now like it might still be out of the price rack- bracket for a lot of people but it's like you can still have a slice of Nintendo at a, a much lower price I think isn't the NES only like yeah, yeah. is it 50 is it, is it a little bit less yeah, something like that yeah not far off it and then the snes is, is somewhere around that mark as well maybe just a 10 or 20 more but it's far more affordable than like a full-blown console it's still a bit of a nintendo experience so did, did you pick either one up mark i've got the snes mini yeah i do too yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm tempted to get the nes one but now that it's on switch i probably won't no yeah it's a bit of a tough one one thing i am thinking of doing with the snares um i'm not sure if you've got the problem as well i want it hooked up on the tv permanently i, I take it down mm. and put it in a drawer for now and then put it back on when we, we're gonna have a go but there's um like a bluetooth on the snares <laughs> yeah there's like um a bluetooth receiver that that fits the snares mini and oh, really? you know those yeah, uh, you know those eight bit um eight bit though yeah the yeah, 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 yeah. controllers will work with it so you can get like a snares typed one which also can work on your Switch, which also could work on your, your SNES Mini. 
Um, and it costs okay. um, probably about the same as it would for a pro controller, but you get a controller that could run on both. Of, um, uh, so what I do with it, because the reset button allows you to switch between the games and I want to play it from the couch and then not get up to walk to the TV mm. to press the reset button. What I do is just run a, um, get like a really long HDMI cable. So I run it to the couch, mm. connect the HDMI cable to the SNES, and then I have a like a battery pack to run the power to it, like because um, it would just run to uh, a mini mini USB or whatever the battery is. Then you've just got the thing next to you. You can play with it next to you, which is brilliant. It works That's well. a good idea. I do like the idea of it not having any cables coming out of the telly, you know, like when you're playing with a Bluetooth yeah. controller. Yeah, like that. yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. That's that, what I'm aiming to do. But that's true. I mean, this, this is week. just for the the setup of like I, I won't leave it like I don't we don't just have like an HDMI cable like across yeah, the yeah. living room yeah. I, I go to the drawer when I'm going to have a go I'll go to the drawer I thought when in my head when you were going to start telling the story it's like I, you know, I don't want to go up and press the reset button so I bought this really long stick <laughs> and I poke it <laughs> and I poke it <laughs> takes a while got I the twitch, eye for it now I twitch with it <laughs> Chris Day actually actually, actually that's a uh, that's not a bad show actually it's not a bad I show like the stick. I like the stick idea it might be better always thinking um, mate business acumen you know what we just talked about there with the N64 Mini? It just occurred to me right now just how completely adorable a mini GameCube would look. Oh, yeah. Oh, Can you yeah. just see it? Like a little little box. It little would have cube, the handle on the box. little still. handle like this. Yeah, it would be, oh. uh, it would be adorable. Oh, it would be very interesting. So just on that point then, so pre-orders, I cancelled my Smash pre-order, the Ultimate Edition. Oh. oh okay yeah okay. yeah what so I, I, I just reverted to the standard edition okay because i was just looking at it and i kept on going you know what it's 90 quid to the point of um ah sorry no finish that point and i'll add something in that might help you sorry go on it's i thought you were going to just go to ah you're a dickhead no um, no no sorry i've got no 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 to it. so what's it yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. um so yeah cancelled it because the, the gamecube controller and the adapter in it and i was like oh you know it's great however I do want to play it with the Pro Controller and I, I love the Pro Controller and I'm probably going to get the SNES. Remember the Fascia I told you about? Oh, yeah. And then put that on it or yeah. try and mess around and buy one of those Fascias for it. So, um, yeah, go on. The, the one thing you're losing from that is the ability to play it with the GameCube controller, isn't it, essentially? Yes. But um, you can now get, um, I think they might even be made by Hori, the same people that mm. made and it's GameCube. Or it might be A-Power. It, somebody's made mm. like a Switch controller which is a GameCube controller and it's wireless. Like, uh, so um, I don't think it's, it's that expensive either. Yeah. Um, oh, if only I had the internet around, like, I'd show you it. But it's, it's literally, like, so you don't need to feel too bad about missing out with a GameCube controller because there's okay, a cool. really good um, wireless one that's just... And that just genuinely makes me feel better about it, to be completely honest, yeah. because I was like, oh, now I'll just get a standard edition because I could get a couple of quid off with Prime. And I thought, you know, it's guaranteed on the day delivery. Mm. Um, and I just thought, yeah, I, I prefer the feel of the pro controller as opposed to the old GameCube. And again, nostalgically I had a GameCube, but I've invested in this pro controller. Yeah. So I want to make sure I'm using I mean, that. The thing with the GameCube controllers is they are perfect for smash. The A button's bigger. Yeah. Like the B yeah. button, you've got um, the grab to the, the purple ZR button there. Mm. So it was really nicely designed for it. Um, so even though you've not got that addition, that it's one. like a, a wireless thing that's coming out, which is a real good replica, apparently. I just think I'll still be, beat you both anyway, so it'll be fine. Don't um, doubt it. Don't doubt it. No, definitely going. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so, Mozilla Foundation, Mark. Um, yes. The, they, they run a... Uh, 
Sorry, I was just really totally, right there, Mark. To- totally thinking about something else. Uh, the user security poll, they uh, ran a poll which voted the Nintendo Switch the least creepy holiday gift. And I was just wondering, um, what, would we, what do we think of that? And is there anything less creepy you can buy someone for Christmas? The GameCube Mini. <laughs> an egg. Just an egg? Is that one that you've put in your butt cheeks? Or? No, preferably not. Um, yeah. <laughs> what have you Come on, mate. <laughs> I don't, I don't, no, I've got, I, 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 don't, I just don't understand that. This whole, this whole why well, have they done that? No, which, what are they suggesting is a Christmas gift that's going to be popular that, that's, that's creepy? Like, um, what was it up against? What's its competition? Didn't that's do enough really research on this one, boys. Would, would, I don't know, maybe intimidating not creepy because if you're getting like a new console and you were getting through like i legit found the xbox really annoying to set up yeah um I, as in just just if, i don't know if that well it's not scary but like. the, the, the the diablo edition of the switch is a bit creepy yeah it is. it's got, got like on demonic symbols and pentagraphs and things like that it's, it's, it's just an odd way of putting it i think i, I don't know whether they're saying like of all the things you could buy, this is the most family friendly. Or they're saying, if I mean, you're buying like your girlfriend something or your 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 boyfriend or whatever, um, if you buy them like a PlayStation, are they going to think, well, this is a little bit creepy? But like, <laughs> this, is, this is it. Yeah. I mean, it, it completely depends on the scenario in which you are given the switch. Like, if, if you don't yeah. know this per, it, say it's an office party <laughs> yeah. and you've just started in work and it's a secret Santa and it's like ten a limit, and then you open yours and someone's like. It's a like a three hundred quid games console. You'd be like, with a, with, is... like a, with a heart carved yeah. in it. I'd be like, you know yeah. what? This is a little bit creepy. I thought we had a ten pound limit. I got yeah, you but... some socks. And then there's, a, then there's a there's a printout, a PDF that's like <laughs> Mozilla Foundation finds the <laughs> least, least creepy holiday game. But then there's also like a list of games you have to play online together. <laughs> we can we can play so all these cool. games together. I know you're oh, new here. Okay, but. so I've got, I've got the list here. <laughs> this PDF's a bit sticky. <laughs> I've got, I've, I've... <laughs> There's weird well, marks all over this this left. Okay, I, can, I can think of one are, weird mark. say weird marks. Yeah. <laughs> smarks. It's right. smarks. So I've got a list of the least creepy to the most creepy items on this Mozilla thing. So are you ready? So least creepy is the Nintendo Switch. We know that. Uh, the next one is a Harry Potter Kano coding kit. So skipping forward a couple things That's like not creepy is just weird. Yeah, yeah. A Kindle, um, a Sony PS4. The Kindle's completely reliant on what get, what books you've got preloaded on it. <laughs> PlayStation Four as well. Like, it's not exactly the. <laughs> if it's like sixty, what is it? Fifty Shades of Grey. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right, whole, and it's a kid's birthday present, a, a kid's Christmas present. Then that's pretty damn creepy. <laughs> oh that's so awesome a Philips Hue smart light kit that's not apparently not very creepy so they're, they're the kind of examples of things Wait, that aren't creepy dimmer switch though dimmer oh, switches are creepy you need to pack it in Sorry, so the most creepy is a um, a Furbo dog camera so one of those the, one of those cameras that in fact they're all cameras Jesus okay so a, a dog camera so one of those ones that feeds your dog and you can keep tracking it when you're in work in the day okay so some sort of uh, Amazon Echo apparently they're creepy Actually, I watch sometimes in the middle of the night, for some reason, our Alexa goes off and goes, the time is, and I'm like, bloody hell, that is pretty 
creep what who the hell is that mm. um an amazon cloud cam security camera so again another camera uh one of the uh what they call the amazon echo show or spots and then the last one and apparently the, the creepiest is super creepy on the mozilla foundation is the 3d baby monitor well that's creepy if you don't actually have a baby yet like if, it, if it's if there's like no well, talk of or there's one in your house like, and you haven't bought it oh yeah that's, but imagine that imagine like uh, so i bought you something um i know we've only been going out a week but it's uh, a baby monitor happy christmas yeah like, what, that's what really is it how, how is it 3d what is it 3D? what did you say what did you, you describe it um, it is a Freddy baby monitor. Oh, Freddy. I, I think that's a 3D baby monitor. No. But like 3D prints a version of your baby. <laughs> I just like the idea of like, like you, you bring in 3D glasses. <laughs> I like the idea you bring the baby back, you know, the nursery's all made, first time home from the hospital, you put the baby in the, in the car. No, okay. Baby monitor, three months goes on and you go like, oh, you know, I can't get the camera to work. What camera? No, the one you bought. I didn't buy a camera. <laughs> Now that's oh. creepy. Loving Super What's creepy. What's the next bullet point? What's there wasn't the one. That was the creepiest. That's gone. Oh, well, you mean on the? No, yeah, I know this is this isn't. Uh, <laughs> oh, you mean on the uh, itinerary? Yes. <laughs> this isn't on our whiteboard list. But did you guys see that in Japan you can get a um, Pokemon Tamagotchi? Yeah, first one they've ever done. Yeah, hmm. I saw that. Which Pokemon is it? I think there was a Pikachu one for boys. Anyway, Mario Tennis is adding yet more characters. And Mark, I don't know why the hell you phrased this because knowing what you're both like, you're going to be in hysterics. But is this enough to make you go swinging again? Oh, God. Keys in a bowl, please, guys. Anybody, um, anybody, anybody got a BMW? So I think what's quite nice about this is Mario Tennis is... I mean, it, it didn't get a lot of love at the start. Like, people thought it was a bit short. I mean, we spoke about how people said the developers were lazy and things like that with, with Mario Tennis, if you remember. Yeah, got a review, yeah, a review on the site by none other than uh, Danny Ward. Yeah, and I think... 10 people viewed that uh, re- review. It was the lowest <laughs> review count that we had because can, I Can might... you save that for the stats segment, please, Dan? And, uh, yeah, there is a space. And I have... To, I don't know, I think... What this gives you hope for is if you buy a game which maybe has a bit of a meh reception and it's from Nintendo, they will continue to support it and make it a far more attractive proposition as time goes on. So... I don't know. I, I quite like the, the way they support. I it. really like it. And again, it, I went through a little bit of a, a burst of training in a couple of games just so I could get like Pokemon and get Diablo. And um, it was one of those that was on kind of the fence. And I thought, plug it in, play it for like an, half an hour or so, I felt. And there was quite a bit added to it. So loads of characters appeared. And you were like, they made a big fuss over it, uh, you know, the characters. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then there was also like more story mode added as well. Nice. Um, so I was like, oh, no, I'm actually quite interested to go back and play that again. And it was super fun online. It was really good when we were playing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really enjoyed that. So Hyper competitive. I, yeah, but I'll be definitely keeping hold of it. It's, it's a really, really fun game. Um, and it's not, it's not, it's not done yet. No, I, I get that sense. Like, so I'm really not thinking about Mario Tennis at all. And then all of a sudden they say, oh, these characters coming out. Mm. And it's like, ooh, okay, I'll jump oh. back in. Like, I'll give that a go. Well, if it comes off cheap as well, again, if you mm. can get it for 20 quid off or whatever it might be in the next couple of weeks. So, you know, I, I guarantee there'll be some sort of Christmas sale coming up on the eShop. So mm. hopefully you see some of the big hits coming on there. So it's cool. And you- one of the characters just came out today, December the 1st, mm. um, which is the day of recording, not the day of release. Uh, Cooper Paratrooper uh, was available today. And he's a cracking um, character, I'm sure. Like a tricky, speedy one as well, I think. 
as long as they give them the characters a little bit more personality unique to their own rather than like small or large characters because it was just you had like a strong character and then you had the technical and then you had a, a quick and yeah and all rounders so as long as they start to give the characters a little bit more um like personality again you know i think i'd be so, happy with that We've got um, Shy Guy, who's coming in January 1st. Uh, we've got... Now, this is a really interesting one, this next one, because they're putting P.T. Piranha from January 1st. And obviously, in Smash, we had the the DLC character that you got with the pre-order was yeah. Piranha Plant, not P.T. Piranha. <laughs> what do you think of that? What's P.T. Piranha? What's the difference? He, he, he's like... Um, a, Personal a, a trainer? A, <laughs> he's just a, a character version of the piranha plant like he's 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 a named version uh and so they've they've chosen for smash not to put the named version in so it's uh, just the generic one is in smash however pt piranha is legit in mario tennis yeah it's like it's like the, it's like if there was a named goomba like like chief goomba or something uh, or uh, Ga- Gareth the Goomba. Gareth the Goomba. <laughs> they, they, yeah. uh, you know, George Goomba. George. They've not gone with that for Smash. They've just gone for Goomba, which is just a bit odd as they're both, you know, Nintendo first party. So maybe maybe Sakurai just doesn't like Peter Piranha. Maybe he doesn't. Uh, I love how you call him Peter. Sorry, mate. I love how you're calling it Peter now. Peter Piranha. Peter Piranha. Yeah, yeah. Little, little Peter Piranha. Little Peter Piranha, you know. He's great. He's trying. I still like personal trainer Piranha. And he's just a jacked version of a plant. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I like it. And Mario Tennis, again, just, you know, if it does come out and it's, uh, you know, 20, 30 quid cheaper, if you can pick it up for like 25 quid, then it's absolutely worth it. Um, it's a little bit hard to explain to people that don't play games, you know, some of the controls on there and only because you are holding certain buttons to make sure you spin and then make sure that you're, you know, doing um, like top spin or, you know, backspin or lobs and some things are just a little bit more complicated than your standard, I don't know, like Mario Kart or, you know, it's uh, it's like trying to throw someone in on Odyssey and then expecting them just to be able to complete most of the missions. So, I don't know, I'm, I'm excited um, just to see more of it. I'm excited to see more stages. Um, I'm just hoping that they can kind of beef out the the actual, how to phrase it, the mechanics of it a little bit more, just to make it a little bit more competitive. I think that'll be fun. So, uh, cool. So, we're at 40... Um, also, yeah. oh, just quickly, yeah, Peter Piranha, if you look at his picture, oh, no. his, his, his Mario Tennis picture, he's wearing little... Um, uh, red with white spot little speedos and obviously really? he's, a plant, he's a plant and he's got these like waving leaf, ar- leaf arms these little stumpy stem legs <laughs> and then it's like these little speedo covering his genitalia presumably it's, <laughs> it's modesty I like yeah. it um, well guys I think that's that's pretty much all the news sorted and rounding off on Mr. PT Piranha's underwear uh, so let's uh, switch it up Do you like that one? Yeah, good again, good again. Good again, two yeah, weeks yeah. on the run. Yep. Yeah, Mark, enjoy it. Drinking mm. the water, halfway through the water there, sorry. Do you enjoy that one? <coughs> yeah, it's great. Good stuff, good music. Awesome, awesome. So um, I'm going to very, very quickly touch on what I've been playing, and it's a, a bit of a dark secret. So I bought another PlayStation 4 Pro in the Black Friday sales. So I have jumped into Rooty Tooty Shooty 2. And it isn't as good as what I thought it would be. 
And I played it for about four hours and I'm getting there. So I'm not really going to talk about it yet. Gra- grass is always greener, mate. And it's not, it's not, not traded it yet. Not yet, mate. No, no. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, it's, it's fine. So I'm, I'm not going to talk about that. It's uh, not the right podcast okay. to do that on. Uh, I've been playing a little bit more Pokemon. Uh, in fact, you know what I want to say first on the PlayStation 4 Pro. So um, exclusive story for the podcast. I don't know what I was expecting there, but it's an exclusive story for the podcast. So on my TV, so I bought a nice 4K TV a year and a half ago. And I was like, right, got a nice 4K TV. I got a PlayStation 4 Pro, trade in the old PlayStation 4 and I'll plug it in and everything will be in 4K. And um, TV was in, everything was fine. I've got a weird little setup in our house where the TV kind of rests on like a, it's like on the wall flush against like a chimney stack and the cables are within the wall and they come out behind TV so it all looks very flush kind of thing um, it was in the house before we got it so you plug your HDMI cable in at the bottom of the wall and you don't see any of the wires behind the wall and then it goes straight into the back of the TV so plug the PlayStation 4 Pro in whatever thought really really gorgeous looking games played God of War amazing looking you know even things like FIFA look great um, and kept on worrying because I'd see the pixel size on uh, size on the side of the TV and it'd show it, it's like 1080p. I was like, oh, it's really weird. Uh, but it, it still looked gorgeous, so I didn't really challenge it at the time. So plug in this new PlayStation 4 Pro in the same way, blah, blah, blah. And it comes up and as you put Red Dead in, it goes, oh, your setup will not be good enough to display 4K. This will be lower resolution. Um, it'll be reduced down to 2K. So, right, it's really strange. So um, I'm just looking at the, the way it's all set up and thinking, well, is the cable bad? And and plug in the game, go, right, okay, it must be wrong. I'll be able to change settings in Red Dead to make sure it's showing at 4K because you used to be able to do that with God of War, or at least I thought I could. So boot up, res, uh, boot up Red Dead, and then this thing comes up on the top left of the TV again saying uh, 1080p. I'm like, okay. Then the penny dropped. And I realized that because of the cable set up behind TV and because it's going from two or three different cables into the back of the television, I've been playing the PlayStation 4 Pro in 1080p uh, all the time. So I'd never played any of the games in 4K when I thought I was playing it. And because it looked better, because the PlayStation 4 Pro will always look better on a 1080p TV, the minute I kind of figured out the new cable arrangement and plugged it straight directly into the back of the TV in the top left hand corner the TV just went oh, 4k resolution and I was like shit oh, so oh, yeah man. I had to re-go back and then had a look at God of War and the missus came in straight away and she went oh it was really good I was like shit so everything looks absolutely awesome now and I was devastated well, so d- don't look back like you've figured it out now but it's even the switch shame, so uh, the point I was going to come on to were there mm. so I plugged it directly in with the switch thinking I wonder if the switch looks any better now and it absolutely did because the cable um, again because the cable arrangement behind was losing fidelity like I'm plugging it back into this TV I was like oh my word it looks so much better now I was devastated but Dan what you've done there is just what we were just talking about with those old Zelda games you've given yourself your own HD remasters I have so you can go back to Gear of War (laughs) without spending 50 quid on it and get an upgraded version silver linings mate yeah 
Scorch here. So somehow that worked out in a weird roundabout way and all the games that I did play and, and, and thought looked stunning. I was like, this is amazing. This is the, this is the cutting edge of technology. In reality, I was just watching it in the same 1080p that a normal PlayStation 4 would play through a normal 1080p TV. So, it's like lying in the bath at the top end rather than the end. Yeah. Actually, you're supposed this to lie is, in. It's this like, is this comfy. is an amazing bath. It's like, have you tried lying the right way around? Oh, oh. Oh, oh. my God. Those metal... Things aren't yeah. stabbing into me back. <laughs> yeah. Have you tried putting the shoes on the right feet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Dan, when when was it you used to talk like that? Because you talk differently now. Talk like what? Oh, I don't think you should be talking like that. I, I don't think you should be referencing that, mate. Right. Now that you've got a nice microphone. When it used to be like this. So I wouldn't be too high. I just wanted to give the impression I was in a dungeon. Yeah, and don't forget I edit the podcast as well, so I'll just make sure you sound like an absolute arsehole from my side. Do you know if anyone's played Bomber Crew, you know, that indie <laughs> yeah. game, that's exactly what the uh, it sounds like coming through the plane as you're under fire. If you're just tuning in, this is the Switch Island podcast. <laughs> yeah. Imagine, imagine if we were live in that way and people could just tune in and be like, oh, penis veins. <laughs> so that's what I've been playing. Uh, and I've been playing Pokemon Let's Go a little bit more and I'm enjoying it more than what I did report in the last podcast. So Good. until Good. I've got a more rounded opinion on it, I will uh, I will hold my tongue. But it's... Um, going to Pete's games because I've heard you've been playing something yeah I'd like to talk about Civ first Civ 6 um, only because I mean it's it's been like I've fallen off the world at the moment because there's just there's no fun I'm just it's all work we're so, all the same we're all the same so what I've done is I've tried to set up a bit of time where I can play a game of an evening and it's like whatever needs to be done I can still do something like that and Civ's perfect for it because even though it's like it's really long form. The games take ages for, for narratives to play out and for, for things to happen in it in the way that they do. So what is it? Uh, so it's a strategy game, like a, a grand strategy game. And I think the best way to explain it is is how we've been playing it at home. Mm. So we were essentially playing as a civilization we've set up. We're playing as like the Mongols, the Scythians or whatever they're called. And um, our settlement is is essentially on one continent. And the world that we're on is made up of three continents. And I'll be like in the driving seat controlling what our empire does and where we go and what we do. And we're on like the center left continent. And then on the bottom continent, there's the civilization of Rome. And we were kind of getting along for quite a long time. We had trade routes set up, everything mm-hmm. was going well. But then there's this third continent, which when we researched enough for like open water sailing, we both kind of discovered it at a very similar time both went out there and this continent is like divided between Spain and China and there's like the great wall between the two of them and there's fighting going on there all the time and they're just having this like war and so we were having to make decisions on well which side do we go on how do we go and the missus was like oh we should like they're the closest to us so let's be friendly with them so we started trade routes with with China Um, and it was all going really well but then like Rome picked to support Spain 
Um, so there's this now proxy war, like where Spain has fallen out with us, Rome's fallen out with us, but me and China are like a, at a good place. You're tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it means that there's now conflict for the city-states on our continent. So Spain declares war on us because we're so friendly with China. Rome is about to declare war on us, but hasn't yet. So Spain attacks one of our city-states on our continent. So I didn't have the manpower to defend them, so we had a big navy. So they were sending all of their troops across by boat to invade our continent and attack our city-state. We had nothing to answer aside from our navy, so we spent our time trying to destroy their ships as they're coming over. Our city-state is holding on for dear life as like the, the ones that did get through are attacking them. And all the while, on the southern part of our continent, Rome is building up this giant fleet of, of ships. So they have more ships there than we have, and if they wanted to stop us sinking all the Spanish reinforcements, they could have declared war and done it. But... Just before the city-state fell, just before Rome got stuck in, Spain are like, enough, like, let's have peace settled. Peace was declared, the Roman fleet disappears, the city-state, which nearly got destroyed, just about held in, and in the deal, we got Cordoba from Spain. Like, so, <laughs> so, like, that, that was the end of that war, but it's taken so long to get to that stage, and the dynamic of the relationship between the civs and the kind of geopolitical moves of it all mm. takes a long time to gel out and to, to take their form. But once you get to that point where you've invested so much time, the narrative between those different civs and how the war plays out and the competition, and we've been able to play it, the two of us, mm. with me being the driving seat and then discussing, well, what do you want to do here? How do you want to go through it? There's so many different options to talk yeah. through. And it, it's just been... It's a really good distraction. It's really deep. It's really long form. And that narrative is really good, mm. but can only be brought out of it when you invest time into it. And yeah. like, if you are willing to invest a significant amount of time, you'll get like this real deep geopolitical conflict. I think that's why I'm looking at Mark and his eyes are glazing over. Like a oh, do you not like it? No, it's, like a, no, 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 it's, it's like this. a crack addict who's oh. audibly listening to methadone. Uh, <laughs> He's like oh, scratching his arm going, it sounds yeah, right. I mean, I mean, it's, it's that... I mean, you, you've got fond memories of it. Does that sound this about has right? Just been, your description of the city-states and the whole geopolitical stuff and, and the sort of allegiances and stuff, it's just been bringing back memories of my of my deep, dark addiction to this game. Um, and I bloody love this game so, so <laughs> much. It is absolutely, it is amazing. You can just... The, the, you start out like you were just saying and you're on the, this little this surface level for the game and you're sort mm. of just you're sending out little little scouts little fee, little feelers like but little like metaphorical scouts you know mm. in terms of like delving into the the combat and the, the strategy of it all and then it's just this endless pit of strategy and just depth and you can it's a bit like um, I was talking about that game Undertale because Undertale you can complete it's obviously nothing like Undertale. It's only like Undertale in one one way in that you can complete it in different ways. So you can have like a uh, a combat victory. I can't remember the actual names. Then there's like the science victory. Um, you'll probably remember because um, you've probably been looking at it more recently. Yeah, sorry, just also to add to this, what we did for this game, um, and it was just, we were playing around with the extended settings, the multiple victories that you're talking about, you can toggle them on and off oh okay. Um, okay so i toggled off all the other dynamics and i would say well it's a domination victory like so this yeah. this game could go on forever all essentially. Or and so there's yeah. conflict always going to be in this 
because that's the only way that people are going to actually win the game. But it could go on indefinitely. Like, essentially, it could. Mm. Um, but, sorry, Mark, you were saying about those features. Yeah, no, and how, how is it to play on the Switch, actually? Because I've only ever played it on, on uh, you know, from Steam, buying it online and playing on the PC, Just- so... To segue yeah. that point as well, so I've heard this game is super demanding on PCs and people's PCs were packing in. So mm-hmm. so just to kind of add on to Mark's point, does this look great as well? Or? Uh, yeah, it looks great. I mean, I think the, the open world is really interesting. Like, sorry, not the, the open world, the overworld, like the, the maps that mm. you play on. I mean, the, the thing I'd probably compare it to is Rome 2 Total War, which I'm playing a lot of on the PC back in the day and still it's in there. It's always there. Like, <laughs> um, but... So in, in Rome, like what you'd do is you'd have the overworld and then you'd, um, like the second form of it is once you've moved your pieces and your soldiers to where they want to be, you have a real-time battle. In Civ, because it's just the, the open-world map and your pieces move around the map and such, they battle each other in a very simplistic way. It's like a point, so they'll have a turn on attack and then like the next turn they might attack back. Like It's, it's quite simplistic, so... I think they've worked on making the graphics and the presentation of it look very, very nice. Mm. Um, but th- there's no like, there's no moment where there's like something particularly like demanding of the Switch. I mean, it's demanding because of how big the world is and how pretty it is and 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 all that. But it's still quite cartoony. Mm. Like, it, it's not going for hyper realism. It, it it's going for for like this cartoony kind of look. Um, so. Even though it's a demanding game, it, it's run perfectly well and they've done design choices to make sure that it looks really good on the Switch. In handheld, it's brilliant. Um, I've noticed nothing particularly downgraded, um, at least I, not that I notice. Yeah. And when I put it on the screen on the TV, it looks it looks really good. Like, I, and is it easy you know, to very quickly move around to control and select various units? Because obviously with a mouse, mm. you can very quickly go, right, I want to scroll over here, select this one, and um, allocate him to do this, that, or the other. So, uh, how, how, is, how is that done? So um, because rather helpfully in the game design, um, all of the map is done up with hexagons. Um, so when okay. you're moving your stick, which... I mean, even in the PC version, it's always hexagons. Like mm. the, the the world is made up of these interlocking hexagons. Your cursor is done with the left stick, so you know where your and scroll speed can be adjusted as well. I haven't had to adjust it, but it can be adjusted. Mm. And the left stick moves your cursor across the hexagons that you want. Um, you can leave your hexagon highlighted and move the right stick to pan the camera ar- around the map wherever you want to go, and then it always snaps back to that that point so nice, that's quite nice. an intelligent way to do it i yeah. have noticed at times um so i i forget where like maybe i've left my pointer and i'll go with the right stick and i'll be watching like a battle unfold between spain and china on that far side and then it will snap back when i when i didn't intend it to yeah. because I'll, I'll have let go of the right stick but that's only a minor annoyance um the control yeah, of I, it, I just, sorry, sorry go on me well, I had a similar thing on when I was playing on the PC where mm. I would um, scroll across to see something and I'd like click to stop, but it wouldn't stop at that point. It would mm. just keep scrolling and I would just, <laughs> the camera would just run across all this like ocean and then like fog, fog of war. Yeah. I'm like scrolling back, come back, come back. Because sometimes if you want to move something really, like get something ready fairly quickly, that mm. can that can be annoying. But yeah. Yeah, I think that, um, there's a lot of, they have done a very good job of making this not a spreadsheet them up. 
Um, yeah. Because these yeah. grand strategy games can really bleed into this this realm of micromanaging every like long term um, talent tree or tech tree or it, it, it. A lot of it has been very intelligently hidden behind simple choices. Hmm. So you've got um, the right button and the left uh, shoulder button, which bring in a different panel. Um, for all the research and then there's suggested ones that you might want to try you can completely ignore them yeah and go into the tech tree and do it that way or go into the sieve tree and do it that way but the suggestions that they give seem pretty intelligent that they're, they're, they're probably the logical next steps most of the time unless you're pushing for some um particular victory like mark was saying if i was going for like a religious victory then i probably wouldn't follow the pointers that she's come up with i'd probably go with like things mm. that that would improve the spread of religion and theology and such, so they've done intelligent things to hide the complexity. But it yeah, can and, be as complex as you want. It does, and it's not. And you've got multiple difficulty levels as well, so you can yeah. play it on like real baby mode, or you can go right up to like I'm a civilization god mode, and then then you probably do need to pay more attention to those Absolutely. like nitty gritty and and those those details. But I just want to say to Dan actually, because I think when Dan's mentioned this game before. His his sort of commentary on it and and Pete loving it has probably sounded a little bit like, and I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth possibly a little bit, but correct me if I'm wrong. As if it is that You're sort wrong. of um yeah, carry on. <laughs> as if it, I'll be vindicated yet. Um, it was uh, as if it was one of the like a bit more of a spreadsheet em up than I think it is. I think you can play this game on almost like a command and conquer sort of surface level of mm. just right. I like the science direction. So I'm just going to build science things and yeah. just progress it towards that without having to like think like you can just go, right. I want to build a nuclear power plant versus this wind farm just because I want to, for instance, mm. you don't have to go, go down the, like read all of the stat advantages to one versus the other. You know, you don't have to do all of that. You can just run with it and just enjoy the process and yeah. enjoy the sort of, or you can go for like a complete war, combat you know annihilation of everyone you find and you can just go that sort of direction so it's yeah. really really fun just on a kind of surface level anyway i think that's where um i was trying to think back on like my previous relationship with like pc strategy games and it was very much the dungeon keeper i was thinking of like all the theme kind of games theme hospital theme park i was thinking of uh, there was one called beast and bumpkins which was just an awesome game um uh, where you you kind of building up a, a little I don't know, like a, a, it's a base in a fancy world, like a little town. And it was all these kind of little huts and stuff. And you're like mm. pairing people together and making sure they make babies. And it was just super clear, like a really, really funny game. And then um, it kind of got onto like the Command and Conquers and like a couple of those type of games. And it kind of, it kind of plateaued with the Sims or Sims 2 or 3, where I played it a little bit. It was just like, oh, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of forcing you to try and play in a certain way or, you know, it, it becomes a little bit boring on like the Sims, not, not on Civ by any stretch, but where you've got to like manage the individual. And I was like, oh, what I kind of like the idea about with Civ 6 is where you were saying there's, you could go down the route of being like sciencey and you could go down the route of like really enforcing your armies, but there will be ramifications on mm -hmm. other sides of that. And I wow. like that. And it reminds me of Fable. Um, where they were, where you made the choice as a, a as as this kind of omnipotent, all-seeing leader, 
Whereas on the other side, there was very much ramifications through those decisions. I mean, I said before, when we were talking about the conflict that was raging, that I didn't have a big land army. Mm. It's because I did have a big land army, but it ruined my finances. Like I was really struggling to advance the tech tree. I was struggling to build my populations because I had too big a land army and I wasn't using it because I was on the continent. Mm. When I switched to the Navy, it was the only thing I could afford. And so there's loads of things within the game that contributed to that war playing out the way it did. And one of them was my choice to switch away from a land army into a navy, which was because like the financial things that were going in the background, I just wasn't able to develop well enough whilst mm. I was building the land army. Yeah, and, and, and the more sort of army, you know, the more people you create, whether they're workers or our army, um, you then have to feed them and keep them mm. content. Because you one of the, the trickiest things of the game is just keeping your population happy. So you have to build like cinemas or like put festivals on or like put churches in place not because you're going down that direction but just to keep everyone content Mm. they don't riot (laughs) yeah you know i mean one of the most difficult things and one of the the kind of narratives that ran through it is rome got way better tech than everybody else very very quickly right okay so like spain almost courted rome i think because (laughs) they were that advanced technologically and if rome really did welly into me they would have wiped the floor with me because i think i was still i I had galleons and they had dreadnoughts and i was like "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I have really not invested enough in the navy now because he must have been researching those texts like Mm, to get to that point so if it was going to come to blows like rome would have beaten me that's that's really scary when you like you send out a scout that's like a little wooden ship or whatever (laughs) and it just this like massive metal dreadnought just sails by and you're like okay i'm just gonna retreat back (laughs) through the fog of war (laughs) no but like that's it and and it's completely down to whichever direction you choose and he might have been more advanced at dreadnoughts but Mm. you know like i might have Mm. been advanced somewhere else where i've been researching like it just depends where you've put your eggs cool so um back backside you're going to be playing that i think yeah you're you're going to be playing that for another week a couple of weeks oh yeah well into it years i think i mean it's it's one of those games that i think is is because you can play in so many different ways you will be playing that for a long time that's good I, i don't think i'd ever get rid of it now i mean strategy games are like quite addictive for me anyway no and again it's that type of game that it can not sit on the shelf, but it'll be in your rotation. Yeah. I think it's the best way of phrasing yeah, it. So, cool, Mark. First one. What are you talking about? Um, yeah, I mean, I was going to also ask Pete if he's played any Warframe. Did you want to talk about that briefly, Pete? I'll talk about it briefly. I, I've played it a lot in the past, and I've played it on Switch. Uh, I've maybe done maybe about three days, so on, on and off. Maybe I've piled in about four or five hours yeah i managed so, to piss off most of the internet by tweeting what you're yeah, doing but no not by by no, just not playing it and just going isn't it just a poor man's destiny and just trying to wind up age aboard and, <laughs> and switch indie fix i've I mean, created a beef it, <laughs> no but he, he, he handed you an olive branch today because you you got invited on a show he did yeah i actually said that about yeah. trying to go on the new uh, pokemon one that he's doing yeah so it's like i might With, just go uh, on there and try and sabotage it saboteur <sighs> this is like in advance maybe don't maybe don't get saved Dan. maybe not <laughs> no it's not a good idea <laughs> um yeah so it, it's a free-to-play game obviously um and you have you're essentially a tenno you have your ship you do missions around earth venus mars you unlock kind of different planets as you go um it's pve so player versus environment but there is a pvp element if you wanted to get involved in that um i haven't yet 
Um, there's a new area that's been added since I've joined back, which I haven't unlocked yet on the Switch, which is a complete open world area where you travel around. And so that's pretty cool. Um, I haven't seen anything of it because that came out after I sold the PlayStation and since it's come out on Switch. Um, there's different frames you can buy, which are like the war, the war frames are your characters essentially, and they'll have different abilities. It is very good looking. It runs very, very well. Um, this panic button studio. Yeah, like, bangers, they, aren't they? they Constant are bangers. Very good at what they do. Um, I am surprised at how nice it looks. Um, I used, so, I used so, to have one of their games. Uh, <laughs> moving on, moving on. Um, <laughs> and the the idea behind it is they've converted it very nicely to Switch. It runs really well. Um, I think Splatoon could learn a little bit about, um, from the team matchmaking stuff. And, yeah. Like, it's so fluid. I can set the objective to be uh, play with friends only, which means oh, right. um, only if you guys jumped in, like, you'd be invited into my game and we'd go That's through so the much easier. Um, or I can set it to... Um, internet which means mm. anyone who's doing that mission um i'll get put into a group with them and we'll all fly and we'll go as a as a posse to do it and it's really nice i've really downloaded nice it. it i really want to jump into it has it got a good story that's all i'm kind of um, so it's like falling like earth is well, everything's falling it's way way in the future i think one of the main bad guys which is the the grenier have mm. like this they are like an empire across the whole galaxy and they are the bad guys essentially mm. but they look like humanity which is like been twisted to work with metal and okay. the opening story arc is one of these grenier like a guy called vor is trying to get the warframes so that he can regenerate like the whole like grenier because they're now infertile they've mm. like augmented themselves so much like they feel like they're a dying race and such so there's big kind of space opera kind of things going on. Yeah. Um, and the Tenno, are, they're really cool kind of robot ninjas. Mm. And then there's like, there's the, the mother of them that tries to look after them and communicate with them and sends them on missions. But it, it's essentially that. It's, it, it's like a space opera with different kind of groups and there's different kind of good and bad guys kind of work in there. Yeah. Um, I kind of made the yeah. joke like, oh, this is a Destiny clone. And then everyone was like, nah, mate, uh, Destiny came out after this game. Yeah. I was like, really? It's yeah. that old? I was so surprised. But, but it looks good. And they, the, because of the nature of it, they, they've they've done free-to-play really well in that there's a big incentive to want different Warframes and spend money, but you don't have to. Um, I'm just curious to see... a lot for the free-to-player as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm super curious to see what other... Because I know there's like Paragon, there's Ark, there's like loads of other free-to-play games that are kind mm. of... Are not of a similar dynamic, but... I think this is the best out of the free-to-plays yeah. because... Um, so there's there's elements so one of the missions that I did quite recently hmm. um, was a defence mission where there's like a supply drop and the Grenier are trying to get it and you get in fast and you've got to hold it and stop them from destroying this thing in the middle and I was really struggling and then a, two guys dropped in yeah. and they supported us and we were holding them back and we're doing well and then there's other waves and other waves and it was really good kind of it felt a bit like a horde mode kind of idea mm. and the dynamic of it, it it got better the more people were joining me and the game made it so that people could join me that's clever like, so that was that mm. was pretty good have you jumped into it yet mark are you just really briefly i like played the the training bit at the beginning and and did some running it's very smooth i love the sort of double jump and how slick it feels and just fast it's um yeah it's really quick and exciting it feels like a sort of um in terms of the movement speed it's like a sort of 3d dead cells because dead cells is very quick um with lots of, sort of um 
jumping and darting around and, and this feels like a 3d version of that sort of in terms of movement but i haven't mm. got into the whole doing proper missions and bringing people along with me uh, is it possible to play it without inviting people in yes you can you can play it without ever seeing anyone else if you want uh, yeah, okay. something they have added which is is newer since i've been back in uh since we've got it on switch is they've got like um hub areas now that seem more fleshed out so there's like a human settlement thing where where you can go and buy things like um like little pets and things like that um so they've added things in which i think like they're the only places where you'd maybe be forced to be with other people because if all people go to that area then it's like a hub area Mm. um but no i think it it's something you could get into um i I think uh, it just depends on the world it looks cool yeah and i love that you've got different sort of um you know weapon combinations so i I went for like a a bow and um like a pistol um and i think you went for something completely different yeah Yeah. i I mean so there's like a good stealth mechanic to it you you can go through missions and try to avoid getting seen um and you can like log in and and turn off alarm systems and things like that so mark's approach of using the bow and arrow will mean he'll have to be really hyper accurate yeah but he will probably one hit kill them when when he he hits them Mm. But he'll struggle once alarms have been triggered. And this is the thing: like if you play with just Joe Public, chances are alarms are going to get triggered. Yeah. Um, but if you're playing with friends and you know the approach you want to take, it can be a really like. So if you're trying to stealth all the way through a mission, you'd all pick particularly quiet weapons. You'd be sneaking up and doing stealth kills and things. It it can be a run and gunning thing, or it can be quite a technical stealth them up it just depends how you want to play it yeah i think that's the whole the whole crap with it at the moment is that you know i'm still super keen to dive into like diablo 3 with you guys online i'm still super keen to dive into more splatoon Mm -hmm. when smash comes out there's just this you know again litany of games where you can just jump in and play with friends in a really cool environment or you know different kind of mechanic um, with Warframe and again, what was the one we were playing Paladins, Paladins again. Yeah. so again it's, it's so many of these games now and I'm just I'm worried that another one's gonna and Warframe <laughs> is that game where I'm like it's not it's not that it's not appealing to me because it super is I'm just scared of a jump into it and get really invested like I did with like Diablo and we all haven't got the time again oh, yeah. it's like oh but again switch indie fix I know those guys have got a little clan going and we could certainly jump in there and you know yeah, sab- got more sabotage we've got more friends now Dan trigger those like, alarms uh, Rob, Rob's uh, mentioned a couple of times he's super keen to play uh, Diablo so you could play it with him who go. was it who was asking us about whether we're still doing Monster Hunter there was somebody who said if he missed the boat I think it was Mike uh, sticky yeah it was, was sticky it? wasn't it yeah sticky yeah. I'd jump in on that I, I could I, I love that game it is on the back burner at do the you? moment yeah. do you really <laughs> it is on the back burner <laughs> at the moment well I'd jump back in if, if people are getting that but yeah can't make I'd get, I'd get, I'd get back into that yeah mm. I, so, I've not I've not sold mine <laughs> <laughs> So, Mark, um, uh, you've, you've, you've mentioned one game that you've already mentioned, and then you've mentioned two other yeah, games Yeah, no, I want to well. just, uh, just do an want? update. An update to Night in the Woods. Um, completed it. Ooh, now, I want to do an update because this is the first, like, n- just narrative-only game with very, like, minor puzzle elements and minor sort of traditional video game scenarios that I've ever in- properly enjoyed because... I've always been kind of averse and, and perhaps even sometimes a little bit antagonistic towards like big story content games and, and too much shoehorning of stories into games. Cause I just get a bit, um, a bit 
bored if they like bring up like a big big cut scene and i'm wanting to like play um but this game it got me looking forward to the dialogue yeah so and and there's a couple of really th- cool things it does that i've never had in any other game so if you're playing a point and click game like um a monkey island game or something and you return to talk to a, a, a the same character that you've you've already spoken to they will just repeat what they've said before yeah and you can choose from their options of what you want to talk about but they will repeat what they say but in this game if a character is available to talk to they will just talk about something completely different they, they've always got something different to say so if you're walking in the walking along in the game and there's like a clock for instance and you click on the clock even though you've already clicked on the clock before because it's a new day, the character may will have a new c- new commentary on the clock or a new thought that she's had. And that's just genius. And it really makes the game interesting because you don't feel like, because it's a new thought, it's a new commentary or a new conversation, it doesn't feel like you're stuck in that video game moment where you're in that endless loop. Yeah. And so you, you'll return to things like, a cl- you know, it might, might seem really mundane to return to like a bridge or a clock or a, you know, some, you're just a character and just talk to them every day. But because they've always got unique and interesting things to tell you, it just keeps it really interesting. And so this is legitimately the first time I've played a, um, a game where just the characters, the, the story itself became the driving force of why I was returning to it. And the joy for me was just talking to these characters who become your really close friends in the game and progressing on this story, which I won't spoil for people, um, you know, cause the game is like 10, 15 hours. And as it starts, it's fairly sort of open. You can sort of go where you like, but as it progresses, it does become more focused on this eventual goal of its story. But, you can still sort of branch out and do other things, but it does become more focused as it progresses, but mm. yeah, absolutely have loved it. And I, I totally recommend it um, to anyone who loves great dialogue, great writing. Um, yeah. Really yeah. good fun. I think it might be um, something that I dive into on the switch in between smash. I think it's definitely, I mean that, that headspace now where, you know, works by no stretch slowing down, but it's at the point where I could probably get a bit of narrative into, <laughs> into my life. Um, so I, I love the idea of it. I know you put into the group before that Firewatch is out on December 16th. I will beg you to play that game because I think it's super, super up your street with, you know, what you've told me there, especially from a narrative perspective. Um, not so much in, thanks, uh, not so much in the, the form of there's going to be, you know, tens of options of what, what a character is going to say, but just the, the sincere quality of what's said the first time in that game. Um, because it really is a case of, you know, it, it is a, a film that you're involved in and it is that kind of cinematic kind of aspect to it. Uh, Gone Home as well. I think that was, was cheap. That's already on there as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's on there already. Um, I, I I said to Rich that's going to be a super cool game for him to kind of jump into after what he was asking he really loved it uh, I think yourself as well it's a bit different um, that's probably a little bit more out there as to whether or not you enjoy it but like I said the, the conversation we had on the last podcast about these narrative things you know what my feelings are so it's there's, cool that you're enjoying it there's one thing I didn't add about in a narrative game I enjoyed quite recently it was Oxenfree I did enjoy that yeah, yeah, yeah. same we both enjoyed yeah, that yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, it was super well received again critically a couple of years ago and um, seeing it on Switch it was it was really well played it was really um, interesting handheld I loved it the, the element I particularly liked about it was of course there's suspense and things to it but what you thought were the rules of the game 
like so how you mm. moved your character and controlled them and what could happen within the game just gets blown out like, yeah it does, does and <laughs> that's really disconcerting so if if you know there's like a mario game and you, you know you think you know the rules of the mario game and then all of a sudden bowser comes in with a machine gun and you're like what <laughs> what like but but that game like you thought it was like this 2d scrolling around telling the story and then there'll be some real 3d scary elements that come in and it completely and like from cartoony to like really hyper bright yeah, yeah. changes that happened really breaks like a barrier of what it's really it's really disconcerting it's really unnerving that game yeah, yeah. yeah it's on purpose and the narrative's mm-hmm. super cool no it is good so playing like um like a tv a game equivalent of like stranger things yeah it's no, really, that's really, exactly that kind the of feeling vibe. yeah yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that, and, and Night in the Woods as well. It really touches on some sort of a, a very emotional and uh, very dark topics in in the lives of the characters. It really um, picks apart society, and it's just got this. It's got big themes that it that it addresses. Um, that that's what also makes it because it all, all seems a little bit quirky and throwaway when you start, and then it just slowly the, the the underlying message of the developers just comes through in a, in a really impactful way and um i just found like i was actually emotionally drawn to these like little 2d you know they look a bit like south park characters or whatever they're yeah. just they just basically you know just because of their incredible the lives they're living and it's just yeah it's a great great interesting game i think that's something that's lost in translation when if you're from the outside and not playing these kind of games you can look at them and dismiss them as maybe not having the depth that you've clearly discovered in them so when i've looked at images of night in the woods the main character looks a bit odd and like mm-hmm. when you when you see it moving it looks a little bit like basic and yeah. you're yeah. missing out so much if you just look at the superficial nature of it um but that's sometimes the case with these narrative games, isn't it? It I think is that's all the, story. Like, yeah. The point I, I kind of said to you about Oxenfree, I was super proud of that because I think it's one of the games that you've picked up where you've gone, oh yeah, Dan's recommended this. I was like, oh, I'm really proud that you, you're playing it. And again, I, I maintain to anyone listening, Firewatch is one of my all-time favourite games. I can't, I can't wait to play that game again. And you guys know I love the artwork. I've got it on my blooming work computer, you know, look at it daily and then the music to it. It's, it's just everything about that game. If I could, you know, if I could put it into a pack, I don't know, like what do you call those, those boxes that we used to bury in school, like the time capsules and go, this is a perfect example of when games started to change. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of this, perfect uh, molding of like journey and all those others so you know what you know what i feel like it's just <laughs> i gush at this point because i'm just going you've been talking about Civ. mark's talking about night in the woods he's going to go on to resident evil revelations i'm playing yeah. diablo i'm playing blooming red dead or i'm playing it's just what an awesome time again to be a gamer mm-hmm. with all of this option there for everything that you could possibly want within a tiny little box that you can now take into bed with you not in that way um so yeah, mark, just Go One on. other quick thing on Night in the Woods. Um, this is probably the first time as well where a character, the main protagonist of the game, May, um, the feeling that you have for her at different points is one of like uh, appreciation for what she's doing and then other times just disappointment or no. almost dislike. You just think, oh, May, you're such an idiot. Why have you done that to that character? And it's, you're so often the main protagonist is just this glowing hero all the time and and may is definitely not a hero at all but 
she switches between anti-hero and hero in the game and it beca- it's, it's really interesting to have that sort of depth to a, to a character what sort of playtime sorry Bob was going to say what sort of playtime did you get through it uh, I'd have to check something like 10-15 hours probably to complete it yeah so, so I, it's yeah I definitely know when I'm going to start this as well because uh, the missus is having her friends round for like a uh, like a girl's Christmas do um, so I'm thinking like that's probably the right type of night where I can get my head into you know on a weekend I've got nothing on for like three four hours five hours I'm just going to sit there and I'm going to play a game like that and get my head right into it um, cool Night in the Woods Night in the Woods good game recommend it uh, yeah, I'll be a writing soon. a written review up soon um, also really quickly I've been playing Resident Evil Revelations yeah. 1 uh, of which there are two on the Switch and I picked them up around if you, that's how it starts yeah. Resident Evil Revelation. Resident, Resident Evil. I can't make it. <laughs> Resident Evil I just sound That's like it. an old country manor man. Yeah. Resident Evil. It sounds like the guy Resident. from the fast show. Very drunk at the time. Yeah. Very, like very, very, very drunk. <laughs> I, I like the idea now of not, not having the usual Capcom evil voice, but just. Evil revelations. No, 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 yes. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. <laughs> so, the fire show bigger um, Dibley crossover. Uh, yeah, the, so, Mark, uh, Resident Evil uh, Re- Revelation. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate, go on. Well, this this is just a, a Resident Evil game. If you've played one before, you've got, yeah. Is it uh, yes. <laughs> a revelation? It is. Uh, it, there'll be no revelation to anyone listening that this is a Resident Evil game. Oh, dear. Oh, oh God. God. Jesus. Um, <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> What's really surprising, though, about it is just how good it looks when this was originally on the 3DS. It was, um, yeah. And then they ported it uh, across to the PlayStation 3, I think. Yep. Uh, they did, like, an HD port of it, but it looks gorgeous. And if you're looking for, like, a Resident Evil game to play before the ones come out next year, I can sort of give it a, a solid, like, good sort of 7 or 8, out maybe 7 out of 10. Yeah, out of 13 recommendation. <laughs> out, like of a, like... <laughs> uh, out, yeah. out of triangle. Out of sun, moon, um, this gets yeah. a vegetable. That is number one. <laughs> that is number one. That's number one. This definitely gets a trouser out of bed linen. Um, <laughs> I would, <laughs> I would <say> it's, <laughs> it is a, uh, you know, it's got your, your herbs that you collect to give yourself health. No, it doesn't do anything drastically different from any of the others i mean the one i've played the most is resident evil 4 and that one is more of a um, action set piece uh, game than this one this is more your story driven adventure through this you're playing through a sort of a, a ship so you're playing through this big ship that's sort of sinking at various points there's some actually swimming elements um and so because the ship works quite well actually for uh, this sort of game because you're in sort of quite sort of cramped, confined Fine, sort of conditions. Yeah. So lots of la- you know ladders and stairs and things, so it works well for that. And there's moments where the boat is like sinking and you have to swim, and there's like underwater enemies. And there's moments where it's sort of half flooded, <laughs> so you've got like jumping out of the water. Sorry, big, just, big, sorry to interrupt you there when you were talking about yeah, the underwater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I automatically <laughs> thought <laughs> that giant <laughs> fish. <laughs> The big, the big Bertha, oh, yeah. Big Bertha yeah. again. Yeah. Sorry, mate, it just well, jumped in. Sadly, Big Bertha doesn't make an appearance, but if they did want to do a crossover, um, yeah, that's the and time. I haven't played the second one yet, so she could, she could yes. still uh, yeah. crop up. Yeah. Is, it, um, is it fixed camera? 
over the shoulder, like isn't it? Over the shoulder camera. Yeah, like Resi um, 4. Okay. Like Resi 4. And it, it's a good game. You know, if you, I can't really say I was blown away by it, but it's a good, if you're looking for a game just to blast some zombie monster things, it's a really good game for that. I guess if you're yeah. looking for a Resident Evil game, it's there, isn't it? This is a good one. one. Yeah. yeah. There and is there's, one. There's two of them. Fine. There's two of them. And I haven't played the second one yet, but I will be. Uh, warning, though, if you haven't got, because they're digital only, if you haven't got a decent size memory card, you are going to need to be archiving some space for these. Because I think the first one is like 14 gig or something. And the second one is like 23 gig. There was Hefty games. There's yeah. something I was wanting to ask about it as well. Um, some of the things I've seen on it are like this mercenary mode where it, it seems mm. like massively on action rather than the survival horror thing. Is that in two or one? Because the trailer for Resi 1 and 2 here... Um, it, it shows those it shows elements from both games doesn't it and I'm, i wasn't sure if it's in both or yeah there's actually a co-op uh raid i think it's called raid i could be getting that wrong but there's like a co-op mode you have to play it with a friend and it's like a more action oriented experience apparently it's really really good um so if you guys do want to pick it up in some deep sale and Is have a blast online? zombies yeah it's online yeah oh wow yeah no I'd, yeah. I'd really like to give that a go I've been yeah. very close to buying it on a couple of occasions because they've had some really good sales on it. Yeah, it um, was like 50% off or something. That's yeah. why I picked it up at Halloween. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. So, yeah, you've said here, still playing Diablo 3. So we'll, we'll mention that quickly. Have you still got a game yeah. for us to play? Hey. Yeah, I have, yeah, no, no, oh, my game, the actual game I'm so playing. So let's, let's yeah, yeah, whiz yeah, yeah, to yeah, Diablo yeah. 3 because we're coming No, 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 up. We'll, we'll leave Diablo 3 for another day. I'll talk about that another time. Are you sure? So we'll, we'll yeah, save yeah, yeah. that. We'll save it. I like it. There's so, a game. Um, hold on, I need to know what the game name because I need to go make a theme tune now. I love this thing. Like, I've got to make theme tunes every week. Hey, this is the problem with this because it's going to have a different name every week because I've taken inspiration <laughs> from my Twitter handle. Oh, dear. And so this So you're telling week, me I've got a name every week. Right, okay. So I'll make a theme tune and I'm just thinking this through live. So I'll make a theme tune and then I'll have to change just it. do the, the dub over change every single time. Okay, that's fine. So what's this <laughs> called, Mark? Do you know, well, you just call it, like, I might help you out. I might make you the theme tune and we will see me trying to do a theme tune. Uh, you know what? You've got to do it, but if you're going to do it, it needs to be done today. It'll be hyper low quality. You do the We're first. In. You do the first. No, one. no, no, I'll no. I'll do the second. Deal. Okay, third, that's fine. And so on. Cool. Okay, I'm in. Yeah. There we go. I mean, that's commitment. Fascinating. For the so, uh, leaders into it. <laughs> what, what's this week's game called, Mark? This week's game is called Mario or Smario. Ooh. See what I've done there, Mark or Smart? You see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be difficult to keep that up with M characters, but. Wow, that was a good intro. That was a really good intro. Yeah, that was really <laughs> See, this is why we do the games, Mark, because you just, there's no, there's no, there's no, no time in with you. There's no finesse. Yeah. You know what I mean? Time. No showbiz. Well, I'm looking forward to it. It's been, I'm like, we've, I'm we've like had George like Michael. a, yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> I've always said that. <laughs> not, not George not, Michael not from George one, because yeah. clearly, yeah, 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 yeah. rested yeah. development. Yeah. Good, um, good I, reference. <laughs> I always think like, I'm looking forward to this game because we've had a game from each now, haven't we? So I'm looking forward to your spin on this. Yeah, come on. Let's go for it. I think we just keep need to bring in, like we don't want to just keep it with it's the same game every time. Just keep throwing new games at people. Yeah, I love but this it. One, this one. So okay. this game, Mario or Smario, <laughs> uh, for this week, <laughs> the, the premise of this game is that I will give you interesting bits of trivia about Ooh. a particular gaming title uh, from the Nintendo history. And one of these is incorrect like the title 
Mario is real. Mario isn't real. Uh, in this, I will give you, in this instance, I'm going to give you four bits of trivia about the original Super Mario Brothers game from 1985. Hey, I like on, this. On it's good. NES. It's good. I like One of them is going to be real and three and, aren't. No, 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 no. One of them is incorrect. So one of them I've made up. So one of them is the Smario and three of them are Mario. So we can, we can, I, I smell a Smario here. Like, so we've got, we've got to try and decide individually which one Smario is. Are we okay to agree though? No, I'm going to go to you each in turn and each have to give me your guess and I will then... Uh, tally that so every week i'm going to tally and see who is the best after like a year ah, or something. so this is a this oh, is the okay. this is the game now i think that we're oh, going to hand it? our heart oh we'll see we'll see Let's i see. like I, this I'm really excited. really good game yeah go. cool well we'll see, how it goes. we'll see how it goes so uh yeah. let's play mario or smario all right what what can you mean to say again all right this one is called mario or smario Okay, here we are. Okay, here um, we go. A, a board game version of the game was published in 1988. B, Super Mario Brothers was the best-selling video game for Nintendo until it was overtaken by Pokemon, which was all of the red, blue, yellow, and green on the Game Boy. Mm-hmm. C, until this game, Mario was a carpenter, not a plumber. D, According to Nintendo, Toad's official title is Peach's Royal Retainer. Okay. Sorry, Toad's official title is Peach's mm. Royal Retainer. Yeah. Okay, mm. so um, in terms of how we now respond, was that aimed at Dan or me? Or? Both. So now we both uh, got well, to decide. He's going to go yeah, so between I'm one of us. Yeah, so both, and now I will tell one of you to respond, because you um, you came in there, Pete. You are first. Oh, okay. Oh. Um, <laughs> So your first one is that there's a board game made out of it, which that seems completely plausible to me. I've just dropped these, just we can cut this out, but I've just put this into Evernote now. So can you guys see it? So you can read them? Because um, that's probably easier. I should have thought of that. Hold on. No, no, no. You need a bravado of reading it out. It's fine. It's yeah, fine no, to I'll, clarify. I'll, 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 I won't read it out, but it's useful if you can see them at the same time, I think. So you can... Um, just look at it while I'm reading them. Ah, I see. Yeah. Okay, so a board game version of the game was published in 1988. Okay. Cool. So, um, so it's on you. Uh, so, yeah, I think board game sounds plausible. Um, Overthink by Pokemon, it, I mean, that is a absolute machine. Uh, Mario was a carpenter, not a plumber. I've heard something similar like this, but I think it's one of those where, like, yes, he wasn't a plumber first, Um but I don't think it was a carpenter. I think it's one of these kind of double blind things. I think I, I know that he wasn't a plumber originally, but I mm. don't think it was a carpenter. So I think it's one of those. Um, so D, according to Nintendo Toad's official, I can imagine them calling him um, Peach's Royal Retainer. I, I can't imagine that that army of Toads is going to be very useful. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go with C as being the one that I think is Smario. But yeah, that, that's my logic, I think. Great stuff. And Dan? So does that mean that C's now off the table for me? No, you can still, no, 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 no. It's not, it's not off the table at all. You can choose any, any one still. I'm going to go with, 
I'm going to go with B. Okay, so B, um, which was... The best-selling video game for Nintendo. Yeah, until it's overtaken by Pokemon. I'm going to make well, a... Go on. I can reveal this week that Dan wins. Oh, well played. That oh. is the correct answer. Oh, handshake. Well got, Civil yeah. handshake. Yeah, yeah, well played. Okay. Um, in fact, the correct sell- the, the, the best-selling video Duck game Hunt. for Nintendo was Super Mario Brothers until it was overtaken by Wii Sports on ah. the Wii. Yeah, so it was a much longer time frame before it was finally overtaken. Nice. Um, but quite correct, a uh, board game version of the game was published in 1988, mm. which cool. is uh, strange to think about. I'd love to look at that, actually. Yeah. Um, until this game, Mario in um, Mario Bros. the arcade game was a carpenter, not a plumber. Oh, okay. Ah. And, and according to Nintendo, they've announced a couple of times that Toad's official title is Peach's Royal Retainer. So that's truth as well. <laughs> nice. Okay, is that the game? That's the game. That's the game. That's the end of the, the game. game. Well, it's like the theme week. tune to, to close it off for so, the first uh, ever. It was and called, uh, what was it called, Pete? Uh, Mario or Shmario. All trademarks, street names, or logos mentioned or used are the property of their respective owners. Smario Mario is filmed in front of a live and affluent Southern pub audience. I enjoyed that. That was fun. Thank you, Mark. That was yeah, cool. That was really, it. really... I like the, uh, the speed of it. The nice thing about it as well, you could still bring in a game next week. Yeah, very good point. Mm. Yeah, actually. And we can just have that as like some sort of Absolutely. titled Mark game. I quite it. enjoy it. Well played, Mark. Cool. Awesome, guys. So uh, I think that's us. It is. It's been emotional. Been a pleasure. That's, hasn't it? <laughs> so it's uh, Saturday morning on the Saturday 1st of December. Did you get advent calendars? Oh, no, I haven't. No, I haven't got one. I haven't got one either. That should we quite get, I will look around for a Nintendo-themed one somewhere. Ooh, the world. I'll look. One. I'll see what I can find. I'll be going for that. That'd be pretty That's cool. That's a good idea, actually. I like yeah. that. Let's see what we've got. And, and we can show Ooh. and tell next time. <laughs> I've, got a show, I've got a quick show and tell, actually. I just Ooh. got these because... Um, if any of you guys get sweaty thumbs when you're playing with the Joy-Cons, I have just bought Mario-themed little ah. um, rubber grips. And they are... So there's the star. We've got the Luigi L. Nice. And on the other... Wait, have you put that here, on the right, though? Well, yes. because it's Luigi, there's a Mario, so the other one doesn't say R. Yeah, but still... Uh, yeah, that's, that's what Christine said, but I went for the colour contrast, you see. Oh, you have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you can't can't argue that. This is like yeah. the whole tap end thing again. It really like, is. If, it? I'm put, if, I, if I'm putting the L on the green, it's just gonna look, there's no contrast. So can we just, try it? Can I see? Well, I can't. They're really annoying to put on. Uh, off, actually, never but mind, once never they're mind. on, they're on. For the yeah. purpose of audio, uh, Mark tried it, and Pete thought it looked better. He did. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Mark said he oh, was wrong. Let me get and my you, ha- let me get my house coat. You've got the you've got something else as well, haven't you? A brand new Joy-Con. I have got a brand new Joy-Con. Have you, I we have haven't said anything about this, it. and it looks beautiful. I got the Hori. I've been looking at these for a while because I love mm. a, uh, playing a lot of handheld games. Love my Metroidvanias, as we've discussed in previous episodes, <laughs> and I. Um, wanted to get one of these hoary d-pad joy cons and initially i was really excited when it came out but then there was a lot of negative press a lot of people saying oh it drains the switch's battery and there's other issues so i was a bit sort of reluctant but then i it was patched actually it was actually the nintendo like six uh, the switch's 6.1 update or something that, that fixed that um and so now i've got the pikachu themed hoary left joy con with a d-pad and i really we're sort of going back and forward on the Mario and Zelda one for a long time. And I didn't really like either of them too much. Yeah. Um, they don't have like the bold color scheme that I've got going on with this, with my switch. So I wanted to get something that sort of fit and neither of them really grabbed me, but then I saw this Pikachu one and, um, yeah, it's really cool. And, and so thought, I will, that, that's a boy Joy-Con. 
Yeah, uh, exactly. It's a bit of a <laughs> not an easy a bit one. Of a, a bit of a warning to people though. If you are going to pick this up, it doesn't work as a full Joy-Con, so you cannot play it wirelessly. You you can't play it with your TV at all. You can only play it in handheld mode with the D-pad. It doesn't have any of the the internals, so there's no that's, HD that's rumble. A, that is a bit of a drawback, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I'd love the idea of that as the controller. I would have liked the idea to have picked up another one or two of those just because they're a cheap and al- cheaper alternative to the Joy-Cons themselves yeah. for Mario Pie. Maybe that's the thing. But I think it's it's the point, isn't it? If you're needing a D-pad and you are playing something like Dead Cells or some of these retro games where they are handheld, then it makes perfect sense. And I think that's where mm. you do your majority of gaming on your handheld yeah. when you're playing those. I play a lot of games like like Hollow Knight and Salt and Sanctuary that I've talked about before uh, in handheld mode and so just getting that extra pre- precision with the d-pad um will be will be great and it, they're relatively expensive if they were the price of a full joy-con i wouldn't have gone for it but uh mm-hmm. this was like 19 quid or something on amazon so that's fine to give me some d-pad action and some more precision yeah yep. d-pad action, d-pad action. so we're d-pad uh, action. we're coming into award season so i think the next mm-hmm. show that we're going to do is going to be our award show um so oh, this that's going to be hotly contested so what we proposed last night and we've all got to try and give our top three games okay of the year okay or Switch. Switch specific. Switch only. So top few games of the year. Or did we agree Switch specific? Can they be, th- can they be third parties as well? We should talk about Multi this because I think we could do like, we could do like first, our best first party game, our best third party, our best indie game. We Good could point. have all sorts of categories. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to brain fart that out in the week and try and come up with an idea of what Trademark. we want to do. Brain fart. Brain fart. Come on. Yeah. Uh, brain mark. Uh, we're going to try and mark. Nice. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to come up with an idea in a week and then make sure that we come up with a decent show for you all um we'll try and get as many people from our new clan on the podcast as possible yeah to try and try and get the award show up and running uh at least that way what we can do is we'll update the website with our 2018 games of the year as well um so we've got smash six days from now on the seventh yeah yeah are we jumping in day one? I mean, I've, well, I've got, got my pre-order day one. I know you're. Yeah, I might we? It's, it's somebody's wants to get me in for a I Christmas blame, present. Don't so blame I, them. Uh, oh, okay. I, yeah, I, don't let me. Don't let because we. I've got it day one as well. <laughs> it just means you'll have like a head <laughs> no, start. I'll have to I think we need a head start to be completely just, honest. Just know what it. It. Just he's like. Do a Dan and just buy it. <laughs> buy it, even though you're getting a Christmas present, and then just sell one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'll see. To be continued, because it's to a game that I'm really excited about. Do it about. done. Do it done. Um, so yeah, we've got Smash. So we're not going to go through the games like that it. are kind of doing up because I think quite a lot of games have vacated the area around Smash and thought, <laughs> hmm, maybe not bringing out my game that week. Do you remember when uh, Suda41 was like, uh, I've pushed it, I've pushed traffic strikes yeah. again back. <laughs> yeah. uh, because I, d- I don't want to take the thunder away from, <laughs> I love all from that. Smash. Like. I love all that. Um, so yeah, we're, we're all going to be getting in Smash. We'll make sure that we get some sort of video content up on the site you should be seeing a lot more content from ourselves hopefully it's exciting times isn't it? it is exciting times mm-hmm. and i think we all get this um like i said the switch island desert island cartridges up uh after this podcast so it'll probably come out this will come out this weekend so today saturday i'm going to try and get this out saturday or sunday and then hopefully launch the other podcast on monday tuesday wednesday to give it the room it deserves and then obviously we'll start making plans and waves for uh, benji kong's first appearance on it and then we'll we'll have a look at uh, smash so smash smash and then christmas, nice. christmas time christmas time mark's always whining 
the best I could come up with. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Children, something, <laughs> mistletoe, and running smash. We uh, have been the switch. <laughs> no, you, hey, you sound no, this out, no, mate. No, you no, got to get us out now. Like you can't no, commit no, to no, that. No, no, no. Come on. We have job. been the switch <laughs> island clan. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to us <laughs> for what is coming up to just on two hours. That's not a bad little hustle. Um, I'm going to go enjoy my Saturday. I think you two are too. The weather's absolute crap, so I'm going to try and find some nice food and then go out for curry tonight because why not why not why not um yeah so if you want to follow us mark your twitter handle is at smart tweeter pete at gcube creature and i have been at danny ward 2707 as we said before please sub us on the podcast service you're using our youtube will become more active our website will become more active and the website is pete uh something to do with islands yeah everyone out there just give us some bloody love would you come on give us some reviews we need more love we're, not, we're just total narcissists, egotistical maniacs. We want your appreciation all the time. At switch <laughs> underscore island on Twitter. Or the website is www.switchisland.co.uk. This has been a pleasure. Cheers, guys. Cheers, awesome. Guys. Au revoir. Smash. Let's go.